I may be ripping off a lot of... Whoa, Oops. that could have been worse later. <laughs> now open it immediately. Good idea. Is that right? Just immediately open it. Right, That's right. It right just now? went for a nice roll. Right now? Got shaken. Now go. right away, boom, open it. <laughs> don't let it settle. Don't let the fizz go away. No, I don't want to let it go. No, don't. Don't open it right That was good sarcasm. It was very misleading. Yeah. As predictable as the sun rising, it's another episode of Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. I'm David Dedrick. 622. Thank you. 622. The satanic ballerina. <laughs> the 666 mixed with the 22. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Imagine a ballet in hell. <laughs> that would have been any ballet I watched when I was a kid. They were so boring. That's the first time I remember being bored as a kid was right? going to my sister's ballet recitals oh, and like okay. being but... physically painfully bored. <laughs> <laughs> Until the yes. older girls came out oh. and started dancing uh, to Flight of the Bumblebee hmm. uh, and or Taste of Honey. I think they did both at the same time. It went from oh, that. Oh, that's a theme- thematic thing. Yeah, and not to connect uh, with a Paul F. Tompkins bit, but they're all wearing... And again, these are all girls who were t- 11, maybe 10, 11. Sure, but you were that age. I was, so. I was like seven. Yeah. My sister was five. Okay. So an 11-year-old girl to me. Let's just say, let's establish that I'm seven. <laughs> okay. What I'm saying That's this. fine. That's fine. Sure, sure. But uh, back then, yeah, yeah. you know. So all of a sudden, I was very interested for like two songs. And then back to, <laughs> ugh. And then I saw that there was a boy who was dancing. And I said to my dad, hey, could I do this? And he went, hell no. And uh, that was the end of that. Oh. Yeah. Because my dad was a homophobic guy in the 70s. <laughs> he was really enforcing the, the gender rules. I yeah, think. he sure was. Absolutely. <laughs> Boys mom. don't dance. Boys do not dance, except for that boy who seems to be but having a good you, time. But if you watch like like a professional uh, ballet uh, dancer, they, they're amazing athletes. Yeah. They can do amazing, they have amazing body control, which I always admire. I'm a big admi- admirer of that. I never went to the ballet. I, you know, I... In a family of boys, there was very little ballet introduced into my family mm-hmm. until I was married and with living with Lisa. Well, not living with, but going, uh, I think Lisa and I started going to the ballet sometime when the girls were an age where we could, you know, comfortably leave them at, pl- at people's houses and just okay about it. Ran- randoms. randomly leave them. Just like you wouldn't mind. It was a different time then when you could do that. You could just like go knock knock. Who's Five there? Ago. My daughter yeah. here. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> It was a trust game. <laughs> it was a lot of trust, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, or indifference. And then you go, see you guys at the swingers party. Oh, that's <laughs> right. It's the 70s. They'd go. And I'd go, yeah, we're, huh? And then you go, I don't know. Uh, it's the 90s. It's is the night. Oh, it was the 90s? Yeah, I didn't I didn't have kids in the 70s. <laughs> oh, all right. I was, I was a little kid myself. All right, fine. I don't want to. I'm just trying to establish a timeline. But you know what? The 90s. We're kind of like the 70s in that they're an odd numbered decade. So I don't know. Could have been stuff. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah so I, I but I I really do like ballet a lot. Oh okay. But uh, it's a little rich for my blood. Oh is that how it goes? Okay. This is it's pretty expensive. Well where's the amateur see. ballet then? Cuz there must be amateur ballet ballet folk that are working their way up mm. and they need to do shows. Sure. The, the equivalent of community theater. What's uh what's that for community <laughs> ballet? I mean there's no community opera. No. It'll, basically it'll... it's like ballet and opera or uh art forms that like 
you're fully formed when we see you. Yeah. I don't know where you've been learning this <laughs> stuff, but uh, welcome. Well, Good to see you. You and work your way up through the company. So when you yeah. are when you're a beginner, I mean, there's a place for beginners. Like when you're very young if, uh, and you're in ballet, you get you get roped into being uh, mice in the Nutcracker, right? And stuff like that. You know, those sort of like on the side side roles, and then. If you are good enough, though, and you're accepted into a company, you're already far along by the time you're accepted into a company, I would think. But if you're not quite at full, you know, ready to be presented on stage doing solo pieces, right. but you'll be part of the company, so you'll be doing some of the, you know, background parts. It's interesting know. that it, in, in, you know, the ballet theory of evolution, it, <laughs> it goes from mouse to swan. Yeah. That's it. There's That's no... as high as it goes up is swan. <laughs> there's no, uh, there's nothing else? There's people. But mm. they're not higher up than swan. Okay. Like you go from mouse to person to swan. Yeah. And then it evolves into that because that's the best you can you can be. That's the best. So you're saying Swan Lake is the best ballet? It's the best ballet. Really? Oh, it has to be. What's the better ballet? Exactly. Well, I, would like, I like Romeo and Juliet a lot. Okay. All right. Um, what if they were swans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What if they were? Yeah. What if they were? Yeah. What if there was two nutcrackers that uh, were were like a, a Romeo and Juliet romance? Yeah. You get that stuff going. Mm. But you know what? Uh, you know, uh, but then there's an X that's there, and that's the swan mm. that keeps trying to work their way in. <laughs> and here's the best part <laughs> about the that. swan part of the ballet. Every ballet company that you pitch that to, they yeah. go... We got those costumes. Mm-hmm. We're going to save a lot of dough. <laughs> so we're uh, we're good. We sure. we green light that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you can write a play that has all the same costumes as our town, great. <laughs> you're, that you're play okay. is you're being golden. made. I don't know if does ballet do much in the way of costumes though? I mean, the Nutcracker I think when you do uh, Swan Lake, you got to do something. No. They just dress in tutus and they don't put on a beak. They don't put on a beak. Okay. <laughs> No, they do not. A lot of it is a lot of ballet is understandable by reading the program. Yeah. Other than that, you are you're what guessing. What if you had the smaller? Again, I'm just trying to pitch my uh, you know uh, thing. It's like so, you got Swan Lake. Yes. Okay. And I just say like a, about a mile away. Mm-hmm. This is my ballet, Duck Pond. Duck Pond. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And it's not as traumatic. Sure. Not as many big things are going on. But do you, you associate know. Swan Lake with the movie? Black Swan or whatever. If I had seen it, yes. Oh, we haven't seen the movie. No, I haven't. Okay. okay. I, uh, a dancer goes crazy because they uh, take on the the role. Yes, they be, they go they they collapse to the pressure of becoming okay. the becoming the lead. It looked like a bit of a horror movie from the trailer. It I does saw, have there was a lot elements. of like distortion yeah. of, of, of physical things, and I'm not un, unlike our friend uh, Nina Matsumoto, uh, who is enjoying her honeymoon in in uh, Japan right now. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of body horror. I don't like that oh, really? kind of thing. I don't like to see like someone has a distorted face or yeah. something happens to their body that they didn't expect and mm. they're all messed up. I do not uh, care for that. So you didn't enjoy Tusk? I did not see Tusk, <laughs> okay. but I didn't enjoy... There's a final scene in... Um, oh, it's that movie about the person who's on the phone. Uh, thank you. Can I help you? Oh, boy. Can I... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By, and by, it's, by that... Uh, by that um... I can't remember the guy's name now who did that movie. Yeah, of course not. We're guys in our 50s remembering names mm-hmm. on our podcast. We used to talk about chocolate bars. <laughs> now the whole podcast is this. Who is that? Well, we'll forgive ourselves because he hasn't done like a ton so far. But he did that I Am Virgo on uh, 
or I am a Virgo on Amazon. Okay. On Amazon Prime. It's like, may I help you or can I... Something along those lines. I thought it was sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. That's yeah. absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were just doing a bit, but okay. No, no. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. But it's got a scene near the end okay. that's just like a body horror thing okay. that's like, you don't expect mm. it, here it goes. Yeah, yeah. And it messed me up for like about a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay. Well, here comes the happy ending. And no, it isn't as awful. <laughs> and... Uh, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, you didn't like that ending? It's like, not. it's not that I didn't like it. It's like, I'm messed up for like now a week and a half or whatever it was. I didn't yeah. predict the amount of time. but Yeah, yeah. You didn't, didn't write it in a book and then chart it. Yeah. Feeling better, bit of a back backward step going, you know. Huh. That's I think that's probably why I'm bothered by Temple of Doom as well. It's like when I went to see Temple of Doom, I had no expectations of that level of violence mm. for... You know, the one guy who gets burned alive and... and The heart tearing out sequence. Yeah, and and then him screaming in agony for a Mm. long, 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 long time. Uh, And I didn't expect it. And Mm. it was... Ah! And and that's the kind of stuff that messes me up. If there's any prep beforehand, if I go into a movie like... You know, again, I like Evil Dead 2. And there's a lot of gore and a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. But, you know, it's... it's, when When you start with that movie, you go, I'm getting on the ride. Yeah. Nothing, you know, uh, but, you know, if the genre doesn't match the extreme, <laughs> you know, thing of the scene that you're putting mm. in the genre. Thing, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's funny with Evil Dead 2, the, the gore almost alleviates the tension of the of the horror or, or of the, the ten, alleviates the tension of the, fi- in yeah. the film. Because it's so over the top that you just kind of forget that, you know, he's stuck in a cabin with, with some evil spirits or whatever. And... Then when you remember, you're like, oh, the really the scariest scene in the movie is like when he goes into the base, into the root cellar, yeah. And then the, the 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 wife character is in the cellar, and that's pretty much the scariest part of the whole movie. The rest it of it is. The rest of it's so goofy that you almost, you know, like when his hand goes bad, it's more of a comedy sequence sure. than it is like a scary sequence. It's very Three Stooges, absolutely. Yeah, the plate smashing and whatnot. Yeah, and of course the the whatever it is the. Revived or whatever the sure revived works. Revived wife, you know the yep. former, the formerly dead, now alive uh, wife in the cellar does also have some comedy elements too, where like you know grabbing his legs and him falling on the steps and on his face and everything. <laughs> whatever Stan Raimi or Stan Sam Raimi can put into the film to ca- cause a uh, injury to Bruce Campbell, that will be in the movie. That's pretty much his theory of fil- filmmaking. It's Bruce, Cam- it's Bruce Campbell. I, I, I here's the thing with me in horror movies. Um, you know, there was recently like a, a new Exorcist, not Exorcisters. Hopefully, there's an Exorcisters thing. I, mean, I, I created those, but a new Exorcist uh, film. Yeah, and uh, and it's gonna open my my coke, but don't let me disturb you. What's that? Are you gonna open your coke? Good luck. It's already cracked. Here you go. Well done, and excellent. <laughs> so much better than getting coke all over everything, and then having to buy new equipment, and then having to fundraise. But here's my thing with like the yes. uh, Exorcist. It's like the, the original Exorcist or any new version. I of don't it? mind the original Exorcist because uh, the original Exorcist you had um, you had you had like forces for good trying to save this little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, but it is a '70s movie, so they it, it is a '70s movie, and there is a price to be paid. But it basically, you know, spoilers for that film works. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, well, there was a sacrifice. This person was willing to make the sacrifice. They made the sacrifice and there you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for, I'm all for that. That's fine. Because my problem with these kind of horror movies is, all right, so demons are omnipotently powerful and can do anything and God's taking a nap <laughs> or whatever the equivalent is. There's no balance in the mm-hmm. universe. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, there's never, I like, don't like that as well. There's never an angel that comes mm-hmm. to help. When they did the third Exorcist, Exorcist movie, um, you know, you saw the soul of that priest and they were in hell and, you know, or they were being tormented by like spirits uh, around them and what have you. And he was still okay with what he did. Yeah. But, you know, it was like, oh, wait, no, you get a rocket ride to heaven. This is no <laughs> yeah, good. This, this seems What's this all about? And again, and in this one, it seems like they've taken a dark turn as well. Mm. And it's like, well... There's got to be a, some semblance of fairness, or at least, you know, there's got to be something. Like, where are angels? Is this a universe where only demons exist, but there's no counter to to that? Yeah. And if so, well, everything's fucked up and everything's unbalanced and, <laughs> you know, screw it then. You know, then then what's anything matter? Ugh. I don't uh, I don't care for that. You got to give a, a, fair, a fair shot. And so when, you know, I think that was one of the things that you know, works with uh, Evil Dead is uh, Ash, again, he's got the like, twister-roo endings on these things. Uh, but at least in the in the second one, he sort of wins. Some stuff happens. Yeah. That's separate stuff. Yeah. Other, because of what he does, other things occur. Yeah. And it's like, oh, whoopsie-doodle. But <laughs> it's not, hey, you know that thing that we said was the only way to beat this thing? Yeah. That was a lie. No dice. That was all messed up. You never had a chance of winning. Forget it. That, to me, is the ending of the first one, and that's like kind of a weaker ending to me. Um, yeah, I just like, uh, you know, have a well, fair fight. It's a horror ending, I guess, the first one is, you know. Yeah, my thing, on, again, on all those is, hey, where's God at? Mm. You know, all these horror movies with like some spirit in the house that's like tormenting people or things are going on. Yeah. And... Is there anything on the other side of this, or is everything supernatural that exists in the universe uh, dark and malicious? Yeah. Because what the hell? That that doesn't make a lot of sense. Is there someone in a wonderful house across town who's getting like wishes and massages <laughs> yeah. from their spirit, and you just happen to a bad roll of the dice, mate? Some people are just uh, playing bad. And some spirits are just plain bad, and that's what you ended up with. You ended up with, like, a bad spirit. Too bad. There's nice spirits, but you didn't get the house with, with that in it. Too bad. Well, I guess that is kind of the point of those films, is, the, is just the too bad part of it, I guess. I mean, I guess it depends what kind of story you want to tell. Like, I just sort of thinking of, like, the classic Italian films, which I guess are kind of horror movies, like... Uh, um, Bay of Blood, aka Twitch of the Death Nerve, the Mario Bava film, which is basically just like a, it's the um, Italian. Italian. It's a, good, it's a good name. Twitch of the Death Nerve. The movie has a lot to live up to after that name. <laughs> it does. It's a weird name because the, the the Italian version is something like something like um, almost like blowback or something like something like you know yeah. like um, because the because the film is but the film is basically just a series of murders. Okay. Perpetrated by some people and then it all goes badly for everyone at the end of the film okay and it's just very dark it's a very dark film almost like a dark comedy except for the fact that there's these very elaborately staged murders in the film and which is kind of the point of the movies though it's just to elaborately stage murders and that became like a very popular um a very popular genre in italy the giallo uh which is yellow 
named after these sort of lurid books that were published for a long time in Italy that had yellow covers on them. And so when they started these films that were, I guess, sort of taking off in these books in a way, they they were referred to as that. So, you know, Dario Argento would be an example of one of the more popular um, giallo directors or Mario Bava would be another one. And he's interesting because, you know, he did horror, he did science fiction, and then he, but he also did like this series of, you know, these really ghastly um, murder movies. And basically they're just murder movies. Like the whole mm-hmm. point is like murder, people getting murdered. And that's why people were there to watch. They were there to watch someone get murdered, usually by someone off camera. So it would just be like a hand usually a leather gloved hand like stabbing someone a few times and the person dying and with a lot of like fake blood everywhere is there a reveal of who the murderer is at the end some at some point in the film there will be a an a uh, unsatisfying reveal of this psychologically uh this careful like it's one of those things kind of like when you read modern mysteries nowadays um i'm trying to think of an author i wish someone would pop into my head but they don't now jonathan kellerman i guess would be an example and I guess his wife also, Faye Kellerman. These are people that write these sort of books where we've re- like, you know, people will be people will decry the locked room mystery. They'll be like, oh, it's so old fashioned the locked room mystery. But the problem is they replace like the idea of a locked room mystery, like someone having like a motive, you know, like they want the money or they they don't like this person or whatever, and then they kill them. Yeah, it's become like there's no motive. It's just like a crazy person. You know, randomly kills people, and then they get caught by the by the detective, the the FBI profiler, whatever your character yeah. is. You know, a psychologist or something who's able to like see this person for who they really are, and you know, stop them or whatever. And but it seems like a kind of unsatisfactory thing when your movie is like, you know, you have like a series of murders, and then it reveals like that the person murdering them is was mistreated as a kid. Now they're a murderer, and you're just like, okay, okay, I guess, but it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird route, but okay. Yeah. This, this feels like a strange, a strange uh, excuse for for murder, and it's one of the reasons. Like, I love the movie Suspiria. Like, it's a wonderfully, wonderful looking film. Was it remade? It was remade. Okay, which version are you talking about? Then? I'm talking about the original version. Okay, the remake borrows the name, the setting, and that's about it. And so, okay. you know, some of like the elements of the film, but it, it greatly. Uh, completely creates a brand new story, introduces new characters, and has an entirely different uh, theme and an idea. Because really, the film Suspiria is also giallo. It's not really a horror film per se. Like it does have horror elements to it. But I was just watching on Halloween night because it's a good film to watch on Halloween because I've already seen it a million times. So I could just go up and down the stairs and not and not feel like I'm missing something. And, uh, and I just let the music playing while the people come to the door. There's Goblin, you know, with all the kind of cod. Uh, exorcist music you know the that uh, tubular bell sort of yeah. thing that it has a similar sort of theme to um to suspiria but it adds the great thing of having people go like uh bah or whatever which you know and murder or <laughs> they're yelling yeah there's yelling sort of random phrases and stuff and it's kind of creates and there's more like kind of groaning noises too it's a lot of fun but anyway so the film itself like it doesn't really attempt to tell a story like when you go to a movie like that you, you assume like oh it's going to tell me a story but really, it's just a murder movie. Yeah. So it's really just like a string of incidents it, the that people get killed. Of, to me, they're the equivalent of musical numbers. Yes. It's like when I see something like Final Destination or a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it's like you're mm. going to have your set pieces. Mm-hmm. And like here it begins, here it ends. And like the person's always going to be killed. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to do something at the end that fixes it. You do one little thing differently, maybe. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, usually the twist then at the end of that is... But it wasn't enough, and uh, here's an extra bit, and the it all worked out badly for you anyway. Here's the thing. Freddy's still alive. 
But, oh, wait, that force is still killing people. Oh, you got hit by a bus at the end. But what's interesting about Suspiria is that it uses, um, I don't say what I say, themes, but it uses like motifs of, say, like fairy tales or, well, a lot of fairy tale stuff in it. Like there are witches in it and there's, and, you know, it's, it takes place in a dance, a dance academy. But there's also like, there's a scene in, in the, be- well, the very opening scene of the film is really fascinating because it has uh, Jessica Harper arriving at the airport and she's walking through the airport and it's just the the ambiance of an airport just you know flight announcements and the murmur of talk and stuff like that and the you know people walking but when the doors open to the outside when the doors open when someone goes outside it starts playing the the music the bell music starts to play you know and then when the doors close it stops Mm. so so what I think Argeno is suggesting is that she's in reality in the airport like she's in the real world but when she goes into this outside she's entering this different world of Suspiria and we're have a different rules and different kind of el- sure. and so you know she goes out so she goes outside and they even have like when the doors close they even show like them clicking close like there's like a, a cut you know an insert shot of the doors closing and, and showing the mechanism of it and so it really kind of ex- it accentuates that the doors are closing she's gone she's left the safety of the of the airport into right. this different world and now she's outside and it's this battering rain is coming down and it's just like you know soaking her wet right, right away and she can't get a cab to pick her up and she's all wet and then she gets finally gets a cab driver who won't talk to her because she's an american and he's 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 a snob and uh and then she gets taken to the dance academy where she sees someone it's having a fight with someone through it like in a doorway they're talking to someone we can't see them and she storms off and then she can't get in you know and so all these sort of things are happening you know there's all these various stages of of, of and it's, it's quite an interesting film, actually. I mean, it sounds to me like that's order and chaos. Like an airport is the most structured environment. It's got uh, times on every wall for mm. you of like, this is when this will happen. This is when this will happen. Get in a line. Line up. Here, do this. Go here. We're all going to get in. You're in A, B, C, D. Now you're in A goes in. There you go. And then, yeah, when you leave, now you're in the in the world of chaos. And, and uh, you know, you're sure. on your own, chump. <laughs> Yeah, rules will save you. When you were saying tubular bells, it reminded me that the uh, kind of going back to my point before about hey, where's the angels? Um, the trailer for Exorcist Three was tubular bells playing, and I think you're slowly going through a church, and then you come on uh, up on you know a crucified Christ uh, that's there, uh, you know, with his eyes shut, and then at the very end, his eyes open. Oh, really? And you're like, oh, yeah, where are you? That, that was what I thought. Like when I watched it, it was like, hey, yeah, Jesus. Hey, you know, there's uh, kids. They're getting possessed by the devil uh, that are out here. And yeah, uh, yeah they might want to might want to get on that. That's you didn't mention that that was a thing that, uh, you know, I mean, pigs that did happen. Uh, and they all got killed and we sh- shouldn't eat them. I guess that was a thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe we uh, maybe we deal with this, this, this stuff here. Yeah, I guess the. That's a good. That's an interesting point. I guess the Gadarene swine were were owned by uh, people who weren't Jewish. Must but the like pigs a... were possessed, right? And that's why they were. No, no. He killed. he he cast the the spirits out of the people and then into the pigs. Okay, so he's an exorcist. He did an exorcism. Basically. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've done it before. <laughs> let's get a pig in well, here and pretty, let's make this gone uh, stuff now. happen. It's, it's up to us now. There's no. Uh, you know, yes and no. You know, there still are forces out there then and it feels like 
if demons are like coming to earth and like interfering in our business directly, yeah. Yeah. that seems to be an invitation for you to as well come and go get out of here, you bums. Well, this brings up an interesting thing, actually. I've been reading this book called uh, Witchcraft by an author whose name escapes me now. Anyway, he, he wrote some, he wrote uh, novels. Louis Cipher? Is that? Uh, nope, not Louis Because Cipher. I got a twist for you. <laughs> the... a twi- twist ending. He was, uh, he was part of the Inklings. He was a friend of both C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay. And was a, a don at Oxford. But also uh, he wrote novels and he wrote plays and poems. And But he also wrote some, when I was reading his um, biography, because I, I really, he wrote a couple of books. I think I've talked about them on the show. He wrote a couple of books um, in the 30s, some novels. He died quite young, so he didn't. But um, he wrote some novels that have a kind of metaphysical element to them. Like one has the the Holy Grail in it. Uh, no one knows it's the Grail, but they they're trying to get it, you know, because they want it. They don't know why. Um, and just sort of stories like that. So he's kind of dealing with these sort of fantastical elements within like a novel. It really inspired um, Lewis to start writing novels. Okay. Because he thought, oh, that's really cool. Like he can sort of take these, you know, write sort of allegorical stories about spiritual things. So he started like the Narnia stories or or his uh, his science fiction series, the uh, the Paralandra novels. But anyway, um, or the you know anyway. So um, but he wrote this book. It's like a history of witchcraft. Um, and what's really fascinating about it is that he starts right at the very beginning of Christianity, and he just ta- he just sort of traces the introduction. You know, it's obviously post post Christian or post Christ, uh, post post biblical stuff of uh, like the introduction the the idea that there has to be a devil, you know, so we have to have a devil because you can't have good without evil. And that became like, so it sort of, it sort of snuck its way in. And he's talking about how, like when St. Augustine was writing, there was an opportunity for him to kind of go like, yeah, it's a bunch of garbage. Don't even, let's not pay attention to this stuff. But instead he kind of like accepted it and it kind of gave it more credence. And so it's sort of, sort of taking over more and more as into people's thoughts and just more introduction of all these sort of ridiculous sort of post-biblical, what I like to call biblical fan fiction, where people, you know, start writing their own kind of versions of things because they... and uh, Really lets uh, humanity off the hook, too. Like, if there's an outside force that's, that's, well, that's responsible it. for evil, yeah. you know, it seems like the darker thing is like, there is, you know, this holy thing and this goodness and things you can aspire to, uh, but what are you being dragged down by? Your own nature, your own human nature, the things you do. You yeah, choose yeah. to do these horrible things. Well, why do people do bad things? Because they choose to. Yeah, yeah. That's way darker than <laughs> there's a guy uh, or a force, little demon in yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. going, hey, I do that if I were you. That's you know? right. And the problem for us, of course, is we live it. We live in this post time, and so like a lot of our like you know, people, when people read the Bible, you know, it'll say like it'll have Satan in it, like Satan tempting Jesus in the desert. Like that's not meant. Like it wasn't at that time. It wasn't meant as like a figure of. It was more like a sort of general idea of of uh, whether it was in Jesus' mind or not. You know what I mean? Like it's not meant as like a physical guy who's there with the horns and a and a tail and a, holding a pitchfork. You know, tempting Jesus to to make bread or to jump off a jump off a building and all the rest of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time we've created like these, we've created hell, we created heaven, we created the devil, we created witches, you know, we created the idea that you could, you could do evil to, to have power, you know? And so you had people like a fascinating guy, this, uh, Gilles de, Gilles de Race, name like that. He actually fought, he was like a, he was a commander of the French forces during the time of Joan of Arc and fought with Joan of Arc against the British, you know, and so this incredibly, this woman who, you know, obviously is 
you know, it's hard to St. Joan, there's a lot of stuff, but you know, he fought beside her, you know, fought beside this person who thought that God was telling her to, you know, to save France from the British and to fight. And later he was found to have killed uh, probably thousands of children in his castle because he was trying to use them for black magic to try to get power, you know, and of course it doesn't work because it's not real. That's the thing yeah. when, you're, when you're reading this, you're like, you're doing all this and it's not even real. Like, what's the point of all this? But there's so much of this. And it's really kind of an interesting read because he is he's making the point quite often where it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's that people believed it was real. You know, so when they were trying to do bad things, they and I'm not just talking about murdering people. Yeah. Even like making like, po- you know, uh, say someone comes, you know, a, a husband comes to a witch and says, I want something that will kill my wife. And she goes, oh, here, here's a little bag, wear it around your neck for the next, you know, whatever long, and then your wife will die. You know, that's also bad intentions. You yeah. know, you're not really doing anything, but still, you're acting with evil in your heart, tr- trying to use, you know, evil powers for, you, for your own good. Um, and that's an awkward conversation when your wife finds out. <laughs> that's the why you're wearing neck. the bag around your neck. <laughs> well, you could have some other, you say, well, it's for, it's, uh, you know. It's not I, for killing you, that's for no, sure. No, no, it's not for killing. This is uh, for my virility. This is a love potion. Uh, so we can have more kids. You know, we need more employees. Yeah. But um, And do you mind if I sacrifice a few? What? For what? I don't know. It's not about that. And sometimes when I was reading it, I would often be... Not trying to take the kill, kid killing lightly, by the way. That's uh, all, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's horrifying. But it's horrifying. First... And also, let me just say, and like most horrifying things, stupid. Because what do you want done? Whatever it is you want done, yeah. uh, killing a bunch of kids... No, no good. Getting the kids to do something, they could, they could do it. It's like, well, I killed kids so the devil would clean my house. We got the kids to clean your house. I don't think that's what he was hoping for. What was I he think hoping for? More, I don't know what he had. It's not. But, that's but, something uh, so mundane. This is my problem. Is like in old timey days when a guy is like, I want power. I was like, okay, yeah. and and I want it from the devil. Uh, okay, go on. <laughs> and so, what would what would you want? Yeah. Like, what do you want in old timey days that you can't have now? A yeah. little bit better food? Like, where you you want to travel a bit? You can get on a boat. What the fuck do you want? It's old-timey days. Yeah. Again, this is just me being an, an idiot here. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've got all these things in the world. I think can, he wanted power. Like, not, We're all wizards not, right now. Pa- you know, you can't use children to get power. You need to have, like, an army. But to do what? What does he want? Like, maybe, what's maybe the, he wanted to be king. Maybe he fine, wanted to be the Fine, sit on the fucking throne so you're king. What do you do as king that's like, aha, now I have power? Yeah. Right, and now what do you want to do today while you're sitting on your throne with your scepter? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Can I get some pretty girls to dance for me? Yeah, but you could do that anyway. What the what the fuck do you want in again old timey days? Yeah. What do you want? What do you get? What's your what's your thing of power? Yeah, power. What? What's that? Power to do what? It's like power I could go Dave. Armies, hey Dave, I got you people. all the electricity you want. There's all the electricity you, have the you want. The power of what taxation. You, to... you can get all the power the money. of taxation. Oh, yeah, that's great. Money. But money again. You're just giving... no. You're being practical. You're no, not being not greedy. Being practical. You're not I'm being greedy. Going... This is a person who's being greedy. They're greedy for power. Right, but power is a middleman. Power is like money. It's a middleman. It's like if I had power, yeah. then I could fill in the blank. Yeah. You got a mathematical equation, and there's an equal sign, and you've left the end blank. If I had money, then I'd equal sign blank. What's the blank? back then what do you want you know because you could probably get that back in old timey days what do you want i mean you can't fly you want to fly you probably couldn't unless you invented a balloon i don't really know what i don't really know what of course you don't because there's nothing because you're in old timey days (laughs) this is my problem whenever i watch 
you know, old, old like movies about, you know, the medieval times or whatever. And it's just like, I'm planning against the king because the, and then you get what? And then what? Well, you get the king's position. You're eating the goddamn roast goose or whatever on your table. Everyone seems to be eating the roast goose. What's what's the upgrade for your life? <laughs> you know, a bit of a better bed? Yeah. Do you get to shit get indoors? What's your thing? You get your your face on in paintings. You get your your face. You pay get your, the pay an artist. You get your, your They'll your, put a, pay, a painting your picture on coins. You get. Uh, and yeah. what's that mean in your day to day life? I guess you want the. I guess you want the power. You want the. But you know, you keep going. Power. Everyone, no one wants to power die. Power so to do. Oh, not no to, one die. Wants to die. Not not physically to die. Everyone knows they're going to die, but people want to. Oh, you want live, immortality. You want immortality. You want people to remember you. Well, that's. But the problem with that you is, be if you're talking yeah. to the devil about immortality, <laughs> your immortality is you in a boiling pot. So that's not good immortality. That's bad. That's bad. You know. You're actually giving up immortality when you're doing stuff with demons. This is what I just like on the most basic level. What are you thinking? It's a bad plan. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, but I, when Go I first ahead. read it, I was kind of like, uh, well, that doesn't. That seems kind of odd. Like I felt like it was like a old, like a like a tale. Like you know, you're hearing like like an old wives' tale. Like, yeah, he killed thousands of children. But I looked him up in Wikipedia, and yes, he was arrested. He was arrested. Uh, because people started wondering, like, where are their kids going? Like, kids were going to the castle, okay, and they were disappearing. So, and so people started to talk, and people started to investigate, and they discovered, you know, th- thousands of skeletons in his ugh. in his uh, the basement of his of his castle, where he was t- attempting to use these children. So it's really horrifying and real, and you're just like, oh, that's terrible. But some of the stories also had the feeling of like, well, because people just didn't come out and say, hey, I I'm a witch. You know, they were tortured. They were l- l- literally like like tortured like yeah you know they were made to sit so in, they'd make it up that they were a witch. they were made to sit in a hot seat yeah. their, their legs were crushed anything. they were you'd you say know, you're stretched a on a rack yeah they were all these horrible things and, and, and here's the twist ending the real monsters were the ones who made that stuff and did the torture well that's it there's a book called the mel uh, Mel melora maleficus it's my name like that basically the book of evil or whatever like and so it's this really detailed book about you know, how witches work, how you can tell people are witches, you know, all these sort of like make, make them ups, obviously. Right. And like this guy tried to start it in some, in some European town. He tried to like start a, a witch, uh, you know, and someone said, well, this is silly. But he took that and said, no, I'm, no one's going to tell me I'm silly again. I'm going to write a book and people are going to have to follow this book and da, da, da. And so it became like a craze in, in Europe for, a lot, for quite a few years. And yeah, there was, and it's a sort of thing, right? Where if someone's getting tortured, suddenly it's not just one witch. It's now it's 40 witches. Right. Because you got to tell me about yeah, the other I, witches. You have to give a few names and then they have to give a few names and on it goes. And so people are being Which, roped, okay. roped into this. If there is a real, okay, so say there's a real witch who's uh, going, okay. But it's not real. I know, let's no, make that clear. No, there's no, no re- real witches. Okay, but let's say You can were. pretend that yeah, you yeah, are a witch or you can pretend yeah, you yeah, have yeah, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have no actual let me power. Fill in, let me fill in this uh, pa- painting for you. <laughs> there's no so, painting. So, there's a, so you're a witch, right? You're, you're like an actual witch, evil witch. I want to like do evil and I want to spread chaos and evil mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Okay, so here's what, you, here's what you do. What you do is you don't do the evil yourself. You're the one who's going, hey, do you see Brenda? She seems like uh, she might be a witch. And now what you've got is you've gotten the people mm. to do evil and they're killing each other and they're torturing each other and they're doing stuff and you get to sit back and just watch it all go down. And like you do nothing. That's that's your trick is like you get people to create these 
torture devices that you, as the evil demon, witch, whatever, would never have thought of in a million years. But look at these guys. They invented an Iron Maiden and thumb screws and a rack. Oh, this is fantastic. And, and what, we're drowning women? Uh, look, look what they're doing. They're drowning like townspeople. And they're drowning each other, people they love. Oh, man, this is, this is good stuff. And all I got to do is sit back and just go, hey, you know what I heard? That's all you got to do. And then, again, it's human nature that's the real evil. So the witch then forgets all of her spells. She doesn't need to do, you know, she does way more damage just by, like, tapping into human nature. And, and there you go. You're fine. That's what you do if you're, like, a real uh, evil I don't uh, know how many drownings, drownings were. The, uh, burning at the stake was popular in Europe. Crushing with stones, I think, was, like, the number one way to... And ha- hanging in England yeah, was... hanging was, has always the been... The most common uh, way yeah. to There to wasn't as many uh, burning at the stakes as uh, we've been led to believe. Well, that was... It depends where you are. Like in England or in Europe, that was the that was in the North popular. America, not as... Yeah, no, in North America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in England was attended, but England also weirdly, uh, King James, who was king of England at this time, was not a believer in witches. He didn't think it was real, and so he would he would often demand to to um, talk to people who had been accused of witchcraft and had been a uh, hit had confessed and stuff like that he would often interview them and then to say no they're he would just he would just clear their names and say no they're just they're obviously lying under pressure you know like you guys are like he didn't like he didn't like it so it's really interesting although there were occasional (laughs) there were occasional plots against like witchcraft plots against him where people were like making you know casting spells and trying to like kill him and so i guess he was also kind of like, I don't believe in witches, but I don't like people trying to, pret- even if they're pretending, I don't want them to think they're really tr- going to kill me. So, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of went, kind of went, he kind of went both ways the, depending the on the situation. Thing of they're coming for your children. Sure sounds a lot like uh, nowadays, right? It sounds like, you know, even, mm. like the people who are going, Hey, they've got a uh, like the, the the drag performers. They're reading stories. They're coming <laughs> coming for your kids, and they're this and it's yeah. Mm. It's like it's it fear mongering, man. You can't go wrong. No, nope. you know, monger some of that fear. The satanic panic of the eighties, and I again, yeah. I saw a guy in front of the library going on a real long riff, and he was just going on to too many different topics, <laughs> like way too many. It you, had, going, you had some notes for him? I did. <laughs> Well, that was the thing. Was I, I, and I'm watching him do it, I was going, "This only works mm. if he gets a rhythm going and yeah. gets a beat going, and this flows into this, the flows into this, flows into this." And you know, it was like all you know, it's all the greatest hits sure. of all the things. And 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 yeah. So at the right time, I just had to go, "Boo!" or "No, it's not," <laughs> or "That's silly." Yeah. No. What? You know, and it's just it's just throwing the rhythm off, and you could tell that. He, well, he was getting mad; he wanted to beat me up, um, and so he loses, and possibly I lose if I get beaten up. I was going to say, well, it depends. But it, but where you where you fall in this? But at least you know. Here's the thing: there was people that were standing around who didn't want to say nothing, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are not believing this shit, mm-hmm. and, but they don't feel comfortable saying anything. So sure. I think in those in those times, they they're they're happy that at least someone is going. That's silly. That's dumb. <laughs> no. Something. And, and it has to be random and it has to just throw the rhythm off. I know how a stand up set goes. And like, this leads into this, this leads into this, this leads into this. He's going to have cheers at the end. But you got to break the rhythm, got to screw it up. You say he's going to have tears at the end? No, he's going to have cheers. Oh, cheers. Cheers oh. at the end. It's what 
Yeah, it's what these guys do at, at rallies. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, hey, this is going on with a bill of this. Well, they want to do this. And and the, if you if you break it all down, it none of these things link together or make sense. Yeah. But you get a rhythm going mm. sometimes. We've talked about this with comedy sketches where sometimes a comedy sketch, if you broke it down, it would make no sense. But there's a rhythm to the comedy. And so here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, boom. And you're, you're fine. And it works really good with the hateful shit, too. Huh. And so you got to like throw the rhythm off. Yeah. Be the be the heckler who's like just saying and not the heckler who's saying something like you stink because they can react to that. The heckler who's saying something random who's, you know, look at that sunshine or something to, just that messes them up. I'm just trying to I'm just going to see if I can fo- remember the name of the author. Please. Because um his books are in the public domain now. All right. So you can go to uh hmm he has like the problem is like J.R.R. Tolkien, what a name. C.S. Lewis, more initials. Fantastic. This guy has the most mundane name. <laughs> like J.K. Chesterton. You'll remember that name. Yeah. You'll remember J.K. Chesterton. Yeah, you would loan him money. I would <laughs> Yes, I would loan him money. Yeah, Chesterton showed up at your he bank. He wouldn't need it. Done. But but this guy, Arthur. I'm sure it's Arthur something, but I I probably Yeah. No, it's not helping me. That's all right. Saying Arthur Christmas? Nope, that's not who I was thinking Arthur of. Arthur C. Clarke is what keeps coming back in my mind. Nope. I keep thinking of King Arthur because you mentioned the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, if I can remember one of his... Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, because he's out of the... Um, because he's out of... Um, his books are now in public domain. You can just download them online. Like That's right. what I did. I just went to the... I think it, was, it wasn't the Gutenberg pro- Project, but a different one, a Canadian one. Because what's nice about the Canadian ones is they get out of uh, stuff goes out of copyright sooner in Canada. Yeah. So if you go to the the, the Canadian websites, you'll find more uh, more things there available. Because Canada, we don't we don't care about copyright patents. More like copy wrong. <laughs> huh? What do you guys think? Well, we use we do English and French at the same time. It's so those, we burn through it yeah. a bit quicker. Well, because of we have um, our public. Because we have a socialized healthcare in Canada, mm-hmm. it's in our best interest to not allow patents to last for very long, because then it allows for um, the, you know, what do they call the copycat uh, oh, drugs to be made? Pharmacies and uh, well, pharma- the drugs. Yeah, yeah. So once they f- if they're not patented, then we could have other companies make the the. Uh, and you save money, and they're cheaper. That's nice. Right. That's right. I'm all for it. <laughs> um, how how was your uh, Halloween slash uh, Lisa's birthday? Speaking of witches. Not Lisa. Whoa, not Lisa. <laughs> Sorry, I meant Halloween. Boy, that took a turn. <laughs> Whoops. You know what? It would work because then uh, her name backwards is Hazel, Witch Hazel. Witch Hazel. She is the anti-Witch Hazel. <laughs> That's right. Interesting. <laughs> and as we've mentioned before, the interesting thing about Witch Hazel, uh, the character name of two cartoon characters, both voiced by June Foray. One for Disney, one uh, for Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. They That's left. unusual. It is unusual, and it's funny that you we think of witch hazel in that way because it's obviously just like a some sort of a root or something like some kind of. It's like a cleansing uh, ointment, right? Is it? I, I thought it was like a uh, yeah, a, it's an like actual, a sterilizing uh, ointment. Is it like a plant though, right? It's taken from is witch hazel a plant? I guess so. I that know. makes sense. Okay, I've used it on like a wound. Have you? I believe so. Oh. Yeah, let me take a look. Sure. Why don't you tell us what what your uh, <laughs> well? Of course, it was Lisa's was like. birthday, so we had a uh, birthday week. Which you is, do a whole birthday week. We do a birthday week. Yeah, you know, good for you. Well, why not? So, but basically, it came down to us eating out a lot <laughs> for okay. whatever reason. Because um, 
can't remember what happened Wednesday. I feel like we ate out Wednesday. Then on Thursday, Eve came. She was in Langley. She had to get glasses. Eve has to wear glasses now. Okay. The Dedrick curse has fallen on, fallen on her. Uh, but they're very nice glasses. She looks like a real cutie in them. And then, um, but she was getting glasses and getting her hair done in Langley. So she came over to visit. And Lisa was doing parent-teacher interviews. So we met up in Langley and had uh, dinner at Earl's. So that was nice. Which hazel is a flowering plant. It's a flowering plant. There we go. Correct. Yeah. Also called winter bloom. Mm. A person named winter bloom, I would also lend money to. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, So, so yeah. So we ate out that night. Then on Friday, we did the show on Friday. And so I got home and neither of us felt much like cooking. So we had, we just got pizza. Okay. Sounds good. Always a winner. Wednesday. I'm sorry. Wednesday, Saturday, we did something where we went out. Oh, because Lisa had to go to the ballet. So oh, I, w- right. I went over and visited a uh, former friend of the show, David M., and nice. had some supper there. And then Sunday we went out for went to a French restaurant for dinner. Oh, la la. Yes, that's what I said when I saw the bill. And so the four of us ate together there. What did you have at the French restaurant? I had uh, steak frites. Nice. Did which you was have- okay. I wish I'd got the uh, coco vin instead. Okay. Both sound French. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Or coco vin. How do you say it? I just think it looked more fun. The, the vein penis. <laughs> that's right. Cockoven. Well, more the vein the vein penis. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thinks a lot of itself. Yes. It's a puffed up penis. Yes. Yes. Some might even say, well, never mind. Anyway, so then, uh, and then on Monday, we had a bunch of friends and family over and we had Chinese food. Wow. I know. <laughs> You're going around the world. It never ends. And then on uh, Tuesday, it was, was Halloween. Yeah. Lisa's birthday day. Proper proper birthday day. Proper birthday day. What country were you landing on that day? (laughs) We leftover Chinese food. Oh, okay. So we just ate the leftovers because, you know, it's Halloween night. It's hard to do stuff. That's the one thing about Lisa's birthday. So it is. Falling on the day that it does. So it is is Chinese food that you. Oh, now when you had Chinese food the day before, Mm -hmm. was that delivery? Yeah. Well, I went went and got takeout. I went. You got takeout. I went and got it, picked it up. Okay, because I was going to go. If the food, uh, if the Chinese food emigrated, then it could be Vancouver food. <laughs> that makes it, sense. It did not emigrate. Well, I guess right. it did. I did pick it up. Though. Yeah. Bring it home. Uh, like a hunter. Hunter-gatherer. Good for you. I know. Like a real More man. gatherer More. Than, than hunter. <laughs> wait, wait. I had to find the restaurant. Okay. So that's, that's hunting. Well, you kind of find a farm and you get, gather the food from the farm as well. That's not really hunting for no, your it's farm. No, you're hunting. You're hunting for the, you know, you don't understand. You're hunting for bargains. You don't understand how hunting works. You're not a hunter. Hunting for deals. <laughs> hunting for combos. So, yes, I gathered some Chinese food. And then, um, but on, on her actual birthday, you know, it's just kind of hard to do stuff because I just don't want to lock up the house and, yeah. and depart. I want, you're going to get teepee. Eh, I want kids to, no, I don't think that'll happen. But I just want, I just want kids to get candy. Absolutely. And we were really busy. On Halloween. I don't know if you were busy. Yeah, we were pretty busy, yeah. Uh, we've never been that busy oh, at I, our place. I think we've been busier, like, probably the first or second day that mm. we... First or second... Uh, we've been here five years at this house. Yeah. So I think the first two, yes, they, those were the busiest. Yeah. Uh, this is still busy, but then, of course, we had the uh, COVID dumb years. Well, that's it. And we had a lot of teenagers come, and I was... I, well, I don't. I don't usually. It doesn't bother me anyway. I don't understand. Why Not people get at upset. all. I've got no problem with that. Yeah, it's just sort of weird. When You're people having youthful fun. <laughs> yeah. You dressed up. What yeah. the hell do I care? <laughs> exactly. Take some candy. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. What but a also, sour puss I am. If I care. <laughs> yeah, but also just to further like excuse them if you need, if they need an excuse. 
they missed two years of Halloween. No shit. So why not uh, come up? Yeah, come on around. Get some get some full size chocolate bars. Yeah. Hey, can you guys drink? No. Well, then have some candy. <laughs> well, You're fine. Why am I putting you in this awkward age where like we don't want to see you? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Don't understand that. So yeah, so we had little kids. We had teenagers. But the the thing is, I think in our neighbor, like in our cul de sac, we've had a major uh, little kid explosion. Like you know, when we moved in, there was. That sounds like a horrific situation. <laughs> it depends how you feel about little kids. Yeah. Um, when we first moved in, there was quite a few little kids because we had we had small children. Sure. Our next door neighbors had small children. The people uh, houseway from them had small children. The right. people across from them had small children. So there's a lot of us with small kids, but all those kids have grown up now. They're all they're all now graduated or that in, working real jobs and stuff like that. That is what they should do. But now no we, shame in growing up kids if you feel like doing that. But now we've got new families moving in with little kids. So mm. so we have them in the cul-de-sac. And I think that activity kind of drew other people to come in. And, and so we had a lot of people walk in through. It was really nice. So, yeah, I think I gave away. I mean, it's not going to sound like much. It's not like it's not like the 200 people I would get when we lived in the townhouse. But we had a, we had more than 60 kids come um, and to get, you know, because I noticed from my count of chocolate bars mm. that I had. You know, and in, and in fact, I panicked on Halloween um, afternoon when I was coming home from work and I went to the dollar store and I bought more chocolate bars because I was worried that we wouldn't have enough. And I'm glad I did because I actually needed them. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was really happy and, and uh, everything like does everyone, everyone seem to be having fun. But the problem, one problem is like everything else in our in our house, it feels like we're, we're our house is so old now that it's not made for modern times. Like kids have trouble navigating our stairs because of all these blow up, blow up costumes and stuff kids are wearing now. Oh, okay. So they come around, they like dress like a dinosaur. Yeah. But their tail is like knocking all your pumpkins down. The, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's good. This one, this one poor poor girl. I felt bad because I, I I sort of laughed, but I didn't mean to laugh. I wasn't laughing at her, but it's just sort of a funny situation. She she accidentally knocked our one of one of our jack o' lanterns over on the top of the steps, and then we got it righted. And weirdly, the candle didn't go out, which was amazing. Oh, neat. But I got it so rated. It kept it soul. It kept it soul. Got it rated. And then she stepped on the on the, the lid, you know, the top yeah. part of it. And so then she's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then she did that. And then I said, oh, that's okay. And she said, she said, like, you too. <laughs> <laughs> so she's obviously like, kind of flustered. And that's when I laughed. I didn't mean to, I wasn't yeah. laughing at her. I just sort of laughed because this is such a funny situation of, you know, all these social faux pas one after another. And then she goes, I'm just doing an old Brian Regan bit. <laughs> just gonna, like, oh, good for you. <laughs> she goes, That's Geez. a deep cut. Good for you. Yeah. I'm just going to go and hide in shame now. So, yeah. I no, want to be saying. friends with that kid. That, that kid <laughs> I, I like. If that kid ever needs to be adopted, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, she, she was a little flustered after all the jack-o'-lantern molesting. Here's, here's my question about uh, Halloween costumes. Maybe you'd know okay. being a father. Uh, when did they get good? Because like better than ours? When we, yes, 100% better yeah. than ours. Because when we were kids, either you had a mom who like sewed you a, an outfit. Yeah. Eh, rare. Or <laughs> you went to the store and you got, you know... Uh, the plastic smock. The plastic smock yeah. that had Spider-Man written on it. <laughs> and then you got like a nice hard mask with two tiny little holes for yeah. breathing that had a little rubber band that was going to break halfway through the night holding it on. And you got like half a mask. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, that'd be it. And then you'd wear that over your jeans. And usually when I was a kid, because I was growing up back east in uh, Quebec, uh, you have an overcoat over the top of it. Yeah, so yeah, you were yeah. like, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> in the wintertime with Aunt May dressing them. 
And yeah, I was like, that's a pretty weak sauce. Yeah. You know, not not the best. Mm. Uh, and now gorgeous costumes. Like, like what the hell is this from? This is from the Lion King? What the hell is this? It's it's amazing. Well, there's definitely... There was a beautiful jellyfish yeah. that was coming down our street. There was this little girl. And I was like, holy shit. So, so nice. Is it this... Is it China? Is it just because stuff comes cheaper from there? So you can have more elaborate things than we... You know what? I know us? we now have Spirit Halloween. So you can yeah, go yeah. in for a reasonable price, buy a costume. But... but Spirit Halloween is fairly new. Yeah. It's like about, what is it, like 15 years new? I don't 10 know. 10 years? I don't know. Something like that. But uh, so, but it was before then that things got good. Yeah. The things, there was a changeover. Yeah. Kids stopped being able to play outside, but their Halloween costumes got really good. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, our parents are more are more in, involved in their kids lives i guess and so there's more there's more direction like well, maybe that's as it. a kid like yeah when i was a teenager or not a teenager but when i was like you know preteen or just sort of into my early teen years my mom had no interest in me what i did for my what i was going to dress up for halloween so it was basically up to me to find something in the house that would work for for halloween you know so um I just remember when you're like dressing up like James Dean because it just seemed like the easiest thing in the world is some jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. Of course, sure, I was freezing to death and I ran the whole time. I right. ran the whole night. And it was disturbing because you did him after the accident. <laughs> well, yes, I was, uh, I was. I don't think I was even born before you died. But uh, No, I meant you, your costume was James Dean. Oh, my costume Dean was James Dean. After the accident. After the accident. Well, that would have been more fun, actually. I should have done that way, but you don't think that way. But yeah, no, it was as I was... As I got older, and I everyone got... goes, "This is just your Jane Mansfield costume from last year." <laughs> I know, but everyone. No, goes, I have my head. My, yeah, my eyes are up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think I do think it's that. I just think kids, like parents, have become more involved in in, in their kids and with their kids and stuff like that. Do you know, like, it would be a good costume, by the way. I'm just thinking about this now. Uh, like a like a friends group costume. Okay, is one of the because there's always someone who wants to dress like Marilyn Monroe. Sure, right. And then the rest of you dresses her husbands. Oh, sure. The various different husbands. Joe DiMaggio, the, Arthur, Henry Miller. Arthur Miller. Arthur Miller, sorry. Arthur yeah. Miller. And was there, who else was there? Was there anything? You can come as a Kennedy or two if you want. <laughs> sure, I guess you could have a Kennedy as a... Yeah, you know, and, and have them floating around as well. To... And they're all just hanging around with Marilyn yeah, yeah. and it's all awkward. Yeah, it's not that big a dress-up costume for you. You just got to dress old-timey a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty. I mean, you know, Joe DiMaggio, you bring the baseball bat. Yeah, you? sure. That's yeah. or carry around a Mister Coffee. Also, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Good memory on that. I don't think too many people would get that reference. But... I, yes, of a certain age for sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a nice group costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, I mean, hey, if you're really going for it, and you got a bunch of male friends. Uh, yeah. Go with Zaza Gabor and like a whole bunch of husbands. <laughs> is she is she oft married? Oh yes. Okay. Many, many times. Okay. Oh, I gotta look this up now for you and find them, find this out. What was she in that made her like famous? Was she in anything? Yeah, I know. That's a weird thing, eh? Because Eva that, Gabor that was like a, in, in yeah, Green, Green Acres. Acres. Yeah, that's did right. movies and things. Yep. And you think she would be more famous from that, but for whatever reason, maybe her name Jaja is much more memorable. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good name. And so you remember her and Yeah, let's see. How many times? Uh nine husbands. Okay. But she was an actor. She was an actor. I wonder. I wonder, like, was you she? know, why didn't? Why wouldn't you just go with Ava? Ava was pretty damn good. Who? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, it's just like 
if you have a choice between like Zsa Zsa Gabor as an actor yeah. and Ava Gabor, yeah. Ava Gabor's got excellent comedy timing. From you see that in, in Green Acres, yeah, yeah, she's really good. No, she is good, and she's good in other movies. She's Whereas you can't that. think of any movies that Zsa Zsa Gabor was in. <laughs> she was uh, she was second runner up uh, Miss Hungry. Well, that's not going to get you nine husbands. No, I don't think so. Yeah, she had a big personality. She she certainly did. Uh, let's see, she was a singer. She co-wrote a novel (laughs) with uh, Victoria Woolf called Every Man for Himself. Okay. Uh, All right. She was in Moulin Rouge. Not that one. Not that one. The oldie one. Yeah. Lovely to look at. We're Not Married. Lily. Uh, Oh, she was in Touch of Evil. Okay. That'll do it. Well, I I don't think it was a big role, but... Queen of Outer Space. All right. Wonton Ton, The Dog Who Saved Hollywood. Probably a cameo. Uh, not so good there. And Frankenstein's great aunt Tilly. Oh, that's not so good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And she was on TV a lot. Yeah, she was just on TV a I lot. I kept people in the movie kept saying, guys, Frankenstein was the great aunt. So you're like the seventh husband. Okay. Do you even like leave your shit there, like at the house? <laughs> or, or do you your... just like keep it in a locker at the airport? Yeah, yeah. Like you just at the bus station. You know what's what's it what's the but, point? Like, really, what what are you getting? You getting the seventh guy in? What? Yeah, like you're not. No one's gonna be like, oh, he's lucky. He's well, the seventh person. Seventh guy does sound right? lucky. And then you know, <laughs> uh, in Asian culture, then yeah. eight is lucky. So the next guy seems okay. lucky. Okay. Yeah, and then nine. I don't know about that. That just feels like you're you're like by the time you're trotting well plowed land. It feels like you're just in the way of the ninth guy. <laughs> Like any time yeah, yeah. you walk outside and she makes eye contact with anybody, you're just like, well, done. And then you walk away. I assume with the type of people that she was attractive to, they were the sort of pe- people who thought, I'm the one. I'm the final guy. This ends with me. Did anyone explain what marriage was to her? <laughs> Did she know it wasn't just Dating. Maybe she thought I was dating, and then when she realized, oh, I'm locked in with this one person? No, no, no. All right. I just want to see how often. No, 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 darling. Yeah, see Ava Gabor. How many times was she married? Oh, she was married. Oh, Jesus. Ava Gabor was married five times. Okay. Oh, my God. To be fair, four times to the same person. Mm. Not really. Yeah. But what was she in, Ava Gabor? Well, besides, Green... besides Green Acres. All right. We're going to do that, eh? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear her filmography. All right. Was she in uh, Frankenstein's Great Aunt Tilly? She was in. Yeah. Uh, Forced Landing, Sp- Star Spangled Rhythm, <laughs> A Royal Scandal. Okay. The Wife of Monte Cristo. Oh, boy. Uh, Song of Surrender, Love Island, Paris Model, The Mad Magician. Okay. Captain Kid and the Slave Girl. Well, that sounds racy. She was in um, Guys oh. and Doll. Or, no, sorry, Artists and Models, the uh, Jerry Lewis. Okay. Well, she was in uh, Gigi. Okay. She was in The Last Time I Saw Paris. Okay. Truth About Women. My Man Godfrey. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, Don't Go Near the Water. That must have been a remake. Seriously, Don't Go Near the Water. Okay. What did I just say about that fucking water? Wow. Oh, wow. That was before the Hayes Code. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, of course, The Aristocats. Okay. And uh, and, uh, The Rescuers. Oh, I thought, you know, I thought that was Zaza in that. No, no. That was me being wrong. Yeah, yeah. The Rescuers is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Princess Academy, Rescuers Down Under, and yeah, a whole bunch of TV shows. I, I'm, I thought she was in Artists and Models, the uh, Martin Lewis film. I guess that was wrong. I am not seeing her in that. I am so sorry. Well, what do I know? 
I don't know. And she also did a lot of theater, as people did then. Huh. 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 Did, did episodes of Heart to Heart. Was in the love boat. Sure she was. Um, do you know who was in Artists and Models? Uh, Shirley, no. Shirley MacLaine. Nice. Yes. That. Marilyn Monroe's roommate. Was she? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. She'd like to tell stories about Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Out of school? A little bit. And there was a little bit uh, of it when, whenever she talked about it, because they were very much peers. Yeah. And they were both kind of the same type. So my, I don't know. My, really? I think the same so. Type? Yeah. Look at I her. Like, she, oh. I think Shirley MacLaine was more of a wholesome character. Oh, I'm thinking films. of Shelley Winters. I apologize. Oh, uh, okay. My mistake. Shirley MacLaine, of course not. Shirley MacLaine, of course, Warren Beatty's sister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. My mistake. Okay. Apologies all around. <laughs> okay. Oh, Shelley Winters was, was Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Okay. That makes more so sense. So my thing is, if you ever want to see what Marilyn Monroe would probably have looked like in later life, mm. that might be so, how you would go about and see, okay. like, sure, watch sure. the Poseidon Adventure. Okay. And that could be Marilyn Monroe uh, drowning. Do you? Because <laughs> she couldn't swim. But she did a very nice, uh, she saved everybody. Good for her. I'm ruining the Poseidon Adventure right now for it's everybody. fine. The movie's from 1974. I think we think it's okay to yeah, talk about it. There's got to be a morning after. <laughs> Yes. Pretty good concept in that movie. The boat's the upside boat are, down. That's the best part of the film. And what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know. Now you're thinking in your head, geez, how's that work? Hmm. hmm. Okay. And then they logically figure it out and things happen. And yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah, it's great. Uh, I love that. It, like the same way that I love a zombie movie only at the beginning of it when things are going to hell in a handbasket, everything's all the society's falling apart. I feel the same way about Poseidon Adventure. I only like that movie for like the boat turning upside down and all the mayhem that occurs. Occurs. Um, other than that, I'm not that interested in the rest of the story. And I have Poseidon Adventure 2 sitting on my, my PVR as I speak, and I still have not bothered to watch it. It's been on there for months. One day, I might just watch it. I think we did. <laughs> we went through a lot of disaster movies. Um, when you say the zombie thing, we watched Shaun of the Dead. Again? Again this week, I know I'll watch it as many times as needed. It was the first time that I realized the one of the final scenes where they go in the basement of the pub mm-hmm. was uh, Evil Dead because when you see the way it's shot with the staircase going into the basement, okay, it's like oh that's Evil Dead. It's a hundred percent a tribute to Evil Dead. Oh, it's fine. great, fine. But uh, one thing I really like about it is there are stakes. Like you get to the end and it's like we gotta we gotta deal with like emotional stakes and they keep changing things and then mm. they. Have a character get bit that you don't expect is going to get bit because you really like that character. Mm. And it's like, oh, things are fucked. Oh, well, how about that character? He's the bad character. Oh, shit. Oh, what just happened? To- oh, my. I don't know how you get out of this. You're legitimately trapped and screwed here. I don't know. And then they get a- they they make it work. It's it's great. Don't they just kind of cut away from it so you don't actually see the actual resolution? Um. Well, the... Army kind of comes in and oh, like that's right, that's right, that's right. That's but right. one thing I I love I love in it uh, is because you know whenever you're following characters in a zombie movie, they're of course the focus as they would have to be. But you don't think, hey, you know, there's probably other people doing a lot of stuff together, and they've made their own little groups. Mm. And I just love the scene where you had uh, Jessica Hines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she's with her group. And, of course, the two of them starred in space together, so everyone knows them as, you know, uh, kind of comedy partners. And they've got, you know, parallels for each character. Yeah. But perfect parallels for people who know British comedy and, like, 
that's who the, uh, another mom type is. Yeah, Here's yeah. the other big guy. Here, and almost every one of them has gone on to famous things now. <laughs> but like, even at the time, you're like, yeah, that's perfect. Mm. Yeah, and there's another movie that's going on with more competent people. You know, over there. But we're seeing the people that don't know what what's going on. Oh, they're oh they're screwed. They're really screwed. And I now know they're screwed because I've seen the competent people who are going off on another movie, and they should really <laughs> go with them, but they're not going to. Yeah, they should. Uh, though by the end of the movie, we don't see anyone besides Jessica Hines. So I am assuming they're dead. So okay. you know, even though we thought that they, she this was the wrong team, yeah. this actually was the right team. I don't know. They also didn't do so well. I guess you just don't do that well. That's the nature of zombies, I guess. The majority of them made it. Majority? I would, I would say. Out of how many? One, two, three, four? four? Well, it depends because, you know, you have one who's in a certain state. That's but still, who's still dead. It's still dead. Still dead, but enjoying life. Well, you can't really enjoy life when you're dead, but okay. Seems to be at the end. Seems to be enjoying life. I don't know. Just he's just playing. They out. were a zombie anyway. He's just playing out the. <laughs> maybe that's the. Maybe that's the thing. They're just playing out their their habits. So. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how alive they are, but yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say something about something, and now I can't remember what that was. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Very Does good. Does it matter at all? Because I don't know. Don't know what I was going to say. Uh, that made me think uh, that I'm very much looking forward to the Scott Pilgrim animated um, series that's coming out on Netflix, which made me think I just watched. Uh, Pluto on, uh, on. I haven't the... read Pluto, so I really want oh, to. Oh boy, I, really want to read I it think you're I... in for a treat. I really want to read it before I watch. The what show. I didn't know about it was, uh, you know, because it's based on a famous character, but I didn't know that that famous character actually had this story in the '60s, and it was a manga story. Oh, okay, okay, but a much less adult version of sure, it. Sure, sure. But the bare bone structure of it was uh, was the this manga story. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, excellent. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you nothing about that. Anyway, uh, Pluto is my favorite manga. Uh, give it a give it give it a watch if you want to give it a watch. Give it a read. Now it's your first. favorite anime. It is not my favorite anime. Oh, I don't know what my favorite anime is, but uh, it was it wasn't as good as the book, but it was quite good. Okay, yeah, okay, it was yeah, definitely I, worth your time. I want to read the the book first. So all right, so never mind. But yeah, that's uh, we may have the books if you want to borrow I, them. <laughs> I had. For a long time, I, there was a website, the NaokiUrasawa.com, it was called, and it had uh, translated versions of all his Man Ben episodes on there. But oh, okay. I went there the other day, and it was gone. Oh, that's a replaced shame. Replaced by a you know a placeholder website, and that's too bad. I think the the person who ran it and did a lot of work, but I th- was also kind of a flaky sort of a person. Okay. And quite often, you'd read like a story from him or her, and they would be like, uh, you know. Oh, I'm really sick these days. I had to spend some time in the hospital, uh, so I couldn't do get a lot of work done on stuff. But as soon as I'm okay, I'm gonna be you know I'll get to it right away. Yeah. A little, little while later, yeah, I lost where I live, so I'm you know I'm just staying at friends' houses, so I haven't had a lot of time to work on the website. But as soon as I, <laughs> oh. so you get these this long kind of string of all these I'm sort sorry. of little You're posts of such a rough time. Yeah, they really seem to be having tr- trouble, and then uh, but at the same time they kept do, translating these shows and putting them on their website, so. Unfortunately, it's all gone now, which is too bad. Uh, it would be nice if someone, some streaming company, would take the trouble of translating them for us and put them on on their sites. But I guess they're so they're so specific, they're like so so niche, hmm. such a niche interest. Do you want to watch manga artists at work <laughs> and talk about themselves at work? 
here's well, your chance. Yeah, you know, I think like if someone set up kind of a streaming network that was, you know, for people to do cosplay, for people who do, uh, you know, art. Yeah, there'd be there's there's some different movies on, you know, art mm. and cartooning and comics and animation and whatnot. And then, you know, there's always someone who's like putting together costumes, beautiful costumes for, for things. Yeah. There was a couple of TV shows that tried to do that in a competitive format. And I think uh, that didn't work. Because it's not a competitive situation, even though it is competitive. Yeah. It's just so good natured amongst people mm. that, you know, the idea of, you know, mm, you know, let's, let's do all this fake sure. pressure. And it's like, no, no, they're all, they'd be helping each other. People yeah. would help each other. And it's, that's it's also, not what it's like. It's also a pretty niche interest. So you're not going to get like a ton of the general population who want to watch people will make But costumes. I think with streaming, you can, you can stream away from that because it's really just, uh, okay, well, are you willing to pay five bucks a month for this? For like the lower tier, you know, uh, stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, that's how Patreon works. That's how, you know, all these uh, other things work. Yeah, maybe, possibly. I don't don't know why it appeared in my, I don't know why it appeared in my feed, but I got, there's a YouTube video suddenly appeared. It was just kind of like how to start a streaming service. Well, and he was just going through like how what, like, what choices you make and and how you do this and that. And a lot of it, it seemed to be involved farming out the work to other people, yeah, to, to make it for you. And you're just kind of like, well, that's not really telling me how to make it. You're just telling me, like, you know, it's this one of those sort of things where you know, how do you do this? Well, you just get someone else to do it for you. <laughs> oh, that's really hard, boy. What a what an A to what an A to Z you've given me of how to get this done. You know, you stopped at A, <laughs> suddenly you got to Z. You just left out every other step between the two. Think of how you want to do it, and then get someone to do it, and it's done. This is so easy. Costs you thousands of dollars, but yeah, it's easy to do. Yeah, it. Again, it. Uh, once upon a time, I had a couple ideas for apps, and I talked to people I knew who had made apps. Yeah, and I basically had the same thing that my dad said about learning bridge. That's too hard. It's too hard to do. I'm like, okay, fine. That's what app developers said. Yeah, they almost all said that. It was just, it's just too hard. Like, you know, that it's not worth my while to try it because it's like so hard. Mm. And, you know, that's dumb. That's <laughs> dumb. Let me fail. Let me try it and sure. screw up and fail. You know? Yeah, I think if you don't worry about the end result, then you, you could do that. It's when you start looking at the fact that, you know, you have to pay Apple, you have to pay um, Google, you have to pay sure. them to have the app and stuff like that. I know there's all these kind of steps at the end of it. But if you didn't think about that and you just started to develop an app. You could, I don't think it would be that this hard to do. The thing that I wanted to say at the time to them is uh, I've done a lot of stuff that I can't do. <laughs> just, just throwing that's that the out nature, there. That's the nature of life. Yeah. Pretty much all the time we're doing things we've never done before. And yeah, I got do. laid off from a job this week that uh, I'm stunned to realize I had, which was uh, Washington Post. Uh, we're going through a whole bunch of financial cutbacks, so uh, I'm no longer a cartoonist at the Washington Post. Okay. But, uh, which is a, yeah, a bit of a drag, but yeah, also yeah. like amazing that it happened. Sure. And, uh, you know, they have been very, very nice uh, to me and my wife. Yeah. And they, you know, she's still going to continue on doing editorial cartoons for them. And the thing is, if they say if uh, there's any way of bringing it back, they're going to bring it back because they, they love the strip. Oh, so okay. that's nice. Oh, it is nice. So it's 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 ending on a, on a very positive note. And again, yeah. it's not ending because... Pia is still working for them, sure, you know, sure. in, a, in another capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when we when we found that out, we um, went, okay, now we're all in with the New Yorker. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we watched this documentary, and I was like, oh, 
slightly silly and serious or something like that. It was from, I think, like 2014. Yeah. And it was about uh, cartoons at the New Yorker. And that was that was very cool to see. Yeah. It was cool to just see kind of the legacy of that that we're, that we're part of. Sure. That was uh, That was very, very neat. Yeah. Um, and that spins off too. One of the cartoonists was M- Emily Flake, and I bought something that she made, okay, which is called Joke in a Box. And Joke in a Box is a series of cards that I've gotten twelve cards into so far. Okay, but <laughs> it goes deeper than that, but I'll All tell right. you what I've seen so far, and yeah. I like I like what I've seen so far. Okay, and it's basically showing people how to write gag cartoons. Oh, neat! So. Uh, one of the first steps that she's got in there is uh, you set up a scenario. So, uh, you know, it'd be something like, you know, in, in her case, she was going like you know, a parent reading to a child, you know, the bedtime story. And so what you do then is you write kind of in the center of this little box. OK, parent reading bedtime story. And then around that box, you write uh, what are elements of this? You know, child is tucked in, you know, in a bedroom reading an old-timey looking book you know all these different things and then you look at those all the different elements yeah and see which ones you can swap out and change it's like where wouldn't you read a bedtime story what wouldn't you be reading you'd be reading you wouldn't be reading like your car manual to your kid okay you know maybe you're reading uh what looks like a bedtime story to your cat you know and so you you break things down into elements and then go, okay, one at a time, let's change those elements and see if there's anything there. And you go through things in that way. And that's just a good way to like get to jokes. It's just like, okay. So, you know, you're taking your car to the mechanic. What type of car wouldn't you take to the mechanic? Yeah. Who shouldn't be repairing your car? Where wouldn't you be doing that? You know, what's something very unusual that would be wrong with your car? And there, you build from there and see if you can tighten it up to it's a one-panel joke. Neat. That's not a million miles away from kind of how I write jokes. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was neat. And it was just, I thought like, oh, this is a nice kind of thing. And it's the kind of thing that I've kind of wanted to teach myself. So yeah, it does, uh, it does really interest me, but it's called, yeah, joke in a box. So you have to, bu- you have to buy this pack of cards and yep. then make, that's cool. I kind of rem- rem- or just listen to what I just said and don't and, uh, just do that. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, uh, the musician producer, Brian Eno, uh, along with another guy, they created, a. Uh, playing card deck called oblique strategies and so they're supposed to things that spur creativity so if you're stuck you can like take all these cards and sort of randomly pull one and then follow the path that it suggests to you yeah and so um some of them like obviously we can't know all of them because you have to buy the deck the same sort of thing but um so you'll take a card out and it might be something like use an old idea so sort of repeat something that you've already done but now try and incorporate it into what you're doing now you know uh Say the problem in words as clearly as possible will be another one. So why are you stuck? Uh, what would your closest friend do? So it's just sort of things like that. This things to sort of spur your the way your brain works, you know? So if you feel like you're stuck. So this is sort of an interesting idea. And I guess something that he's brought out when he's been producing bands. You know, or you know, he's produced Talking Heads. He produced U2 and people like that. So, you know, like, so when you get stuck, when you're like kind of feel like, or maybe you, maybe you feel like you're repeating yourself. You just take all these cards using old ideas. Not a great idea if you feel like you're repeating yourself, but <laughs> it also does makes you have to think about what your old ideas were and how to make them new to you, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. It's sort of an interesting idea. Well, it's what uh, you know. Almost every writer I know, you know, says is like if you're just looking at the blank page, 
can't come up with nothing. Yeah. You got to like go for a walk or do something. And it's all just triggering to me the random element. And then mm. like something will happen that you didn't expect. Like, oh, that's different. Oh, okay. Now I got something because, you know, the different thing happened and you got to be open to yeah. it. Sometimes people aren't open to it and they're just like deep in their own thoughts and their own reoccurring kind of patterns and they're trapped mm. in that kind of thing. But if you're like open to it and looking around and going, what's going on? Yeah, that's how. And yeah, this just initiates the random factor into yeah. it. I, I often will uh, do this, can I get a suggestion uh, program that's on uh, our webpage that's for improv scenes. And yeah, it's like, you know, person relationship, you know, or something else. And you click on it and it gives you this random thing and that triggers something in your head. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what would a clown, you know, uh, doctor you know, be like? Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Sure. It's interesting. There's a, I say it's interesting too much. Uh, I've got a New Yorker card, uh, calendar. You say it too much. I've got a New Yorker calendar yeah. up here and I changed the date today because, or changed the page today because it's November now. Yes. Um, You're a day late. And so the, the big, there's two cartoons on each page. The yeah. big cartoon here, and I'm going to mention how uh, this means I've been doing cartoons for too long because I recognize this. <laughs> um, there's a UFO in a backyard. Yeah. And it is beaming up leaves okay as a person with a rake is watching this happen yeah okay and the caption as pc bay uh who's the uh, the author okay though not really and i'll get to that in a second sure uh the caption underneath says can't wait to see the look on his face when we put these back on the tree okay it's fine it's a fine joke okay. um looking at that that is such a, a little bit awkward caption yeah that i'm like oh this is from the caption contest Oh, this a hundred percent is a caption contest thing because it's an interesting visual. Yeah, that looks like it could have like a hundred different jokes about it. Sure, and that's the one they uh, they settled on. And it, again, it's not perfect. Yeah, and and so I don't think it would get picked as a joke on its own, mm. but as the best of the bunch for yeah, a contest. Yeah. yeah, that's a contest winning joke because it's a little compromised. It's not super great. Yeah, it's good enough. And that's uh, that feels like a contest joke to me. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. That is a contest joke. Sure, sure. Yeah. Hmm. I I have a joke, but I'm not going to say it. I, I have a contest. I have a contest entry for that one. But oh, please, why wouldn't no, you say it? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's too stupid. It's too bad. It's him going. It's beyond belief. No. <laughs> I was, now I, there's some rakish humor. Would no, that be one of those things? I was going to say. I think you're taking it's time to leave too literally, Frank. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah good stuff yeah that's fine okay i should have entered that contest see i missed my chance here's here's the thing um because my wife and i also do a uh a regular comic sort of three times a week uh for go comics called mannequin on the moon yeah and what our uh you know readers uh <laughs> like to do sure is uh write their own jokes uh th- that are better than our jokes that yes. they want to write underneath it's like oh what you should have said was this <laughs> but they're never as good by the way fair enough but i know they i know their hearts in the right place uh, their hearts in the right place but they all have a real uh caption contest vibe sure to them. sure and there's a yeah there's a certain type of joke that's the caption Maybe. contest joke where you go the person who wrote this joke is not the person who wrote the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, kind of an awkward first date where we're making it work, <laughs> making it work. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I wonder if someone like uh, Peter Arno or you know or, or Lewis Williams back in like yeah. the classic days of the New Yorker, if they had people writing in their own suggestions for uh, you know 
I say to I say it spinach and to heck with it. Well, instead of that, you should have had the kid saying whatever you know, whatever lame joke they could think. I'm of. trying to remember the one uh, where he actually did an ad for like broccoli or something. I say it's broccoli, and I say it's delicious, and it was the same basic. Oh, same cartoon. Yeah, but it was uh, it was him selling out <laughs> and like doing an ad. Yeah, because it was actually um, E.B. White who wrote the caption for that. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, he wasn't a cartoonist, but. Though even in those days they had people who wrote the uh, wrote the captions for cartoons and stuff. Back like when, um, back when, like a, a phrase could then become part of the popular culture. Mm, yeah, like yeah. Uh, back to the old drawing board. Is that from a, a strip? Yeah, that's one oh. where it's like I believe it's like some sort of crashing, either like a rocket ship or a plane. Yeah, yeah. And it's the uh, the guy who you know is the scientist just turning around. Well, back to the old drawing board <laughs> while everyone else is looking on an oar. <laughs> Well, that's one of my favorite things about the old New Yorker. I don't know if it's so common now. I'm not a big New Yorker reader because I, I can't possibly keep up with a, month, a weekly magazine. But And it's such a good magazine. It's a great magazine. I love reading it, but yeah. it's just it's too much. But um, Cartoons are really good. <laughs> the cartoons are good. The articles are good. The writing is always great. Like yeah, everyone who writes for it fantastic. is fantastic. They have like this... They have like this history of like editorial it is a plane and it is arno oh it's a peter arno okay yeah, okay i may even have it at home yeah i'm sorry that i uh, opened up a little thing in the block way to the go credit. but yeah no that's that's great love it beautifully drawn he is fantastic i have one of he has one of my favorite yeah. titles of a cartoon collection is uh it's just called peter peter arno's arno's sizzling platter which is such a, <laughs> such a great name but um yeah, I was just going to say, that's what I love about the cartoons from that time was how elaborate. Yeah, so good. How elaborate the, the drawings could be. Like, you know, they'd be like a full pager with a lot of, there's one of like, it's so simple, but it's just like, and in fact, I have it up on my, you know, on my, uh, I have it like, whatever it is on a, um, yes, that's great. But it's um, not an Arno. I'm not too sure who did it. it might be re-Irving re from that time period, but it's like this big restaurant and everyone is peeping around the corners looking at this <laughs> this one one diner as he's sitting there and the waiter is taking off the, the oh yes yes with, yes with yes. great eclat you know he's so everyone's yeah. just at me and then it's just a t simple tomato on the yes. plate and this is the tomato surprise <laughs> it's so great because it's just so elaborate to yep. get to that rather silly punchline but it's just you know that's the amount of work that's in it that's god great. bless silly yes yeah i'm a big fan of silliness so the uh, in the movie they uh, they you know have um, Bob Mankiewicz uh, okay. who was the previous uh, cartoon editor. Um, okay, are you you're looking askance? Were you? Uh, I'm just wondering because there was Lee something for a while. Yes, Lee Markov or Mankoff or something. I I'm oh wait let's go. This is <laughs> now nah, there we are. I gotta I gotta look this one up. Okay. Oh boy, I say I'm gonna have to make you talk in a second. Really? Yeah. How, me? Yeah, let me... Uh, but what do I know? I know he did the How About Never uh, cartoon. Lee, or the... the Mark, or... There we go. How About uh, Never. There we go. La, la, la. Let me, let me get that. <laughs> Let's do the, the image. And... I'm doing the image. I'm clicking on it. See who comes up for this. And... Couldn't be easier. Sure. Bob Mankoff. Bob Mankoff. There. Yeah, sorry, Thank you. Sorry about that. Bob Mankoff was the uh, cartoon editor. Okay. Um... And before uh, before the the current ones, um, and uh, people would have to come in and present them to him in person, mm. and like he'd read them in front and go, ah, now, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. And seeing that, I was like, what a nightmare. <laughs> what a goddamn nightmare really? that would be. I know, because so, I've had to do that with sketches. Okay. As well. And uh, I, I get it. I get why you do it, but like, oh, it's such a different vibe mm. than like if you get them on the email or you get them and you're reading them by yourself. You know the person who has written them is looking at you in your eye, and it's like this just this messes everything up. <laughs> it's a very unnatural, wrong vibe. Yeah, yeah. But it's a bit of a power play too. It's like mm. you're holding all the power. In yeah, this. yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. And then after he goes through all his things and he like picks the ones he likes, because he doesn't pick them there. Yeah. He will say like what he likes and what he doesn't like. And like, well, thanks for coming by and we'll let you know. Yeah. And then they leave. Um, then he and the uh, head editor yeah. uh, uh, go through all the cartoons and the head editor puts them in the yes, no, or okay. you know, maybe wow, really? file. And so like the, the editor or whatever, the editor in chief or whatever of the New Yorker. Whose name I should remember right now because sure. they hold my life in their hand. Let's pretend. Oh, They're even, my boss. Even now? Oh yeah, same same person. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I guess it is a job that people just like have until they die. Ah, uh, maybe it's hard to get a better job than that because it was like whatever his name was, something Ross for the longest time. Who, Harold Harold Ross, I think, who started it, and then William Sean, who was the father of Wallace Sean, who was a longtime editor of the New Yorker. And I wonder how many of how many there have been who have been like the editor of the New Yorker. I think because I think William Sean took over from 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 Ross when Ross. Uh, you know, these are uh, really good uh, questions you're asking. Well, that uh, David uh, Remnick. Oh, is, David Remnick. Oh, yes, is the current uh, oh, okay. editor and he's the a guy. Good, he's who, a very good writer, and and the guy who decides if I get paid every week or not. He do, also so, does a podcast for the New Yorker as well. He also appears on uh, Seth Meyers' show sometimes, and uh, okay. they do live versions of the cartoons, okay. which is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's the one who like puts them makes in the, the final. The, he the makes final the final say. Thing, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, the cartoon editor uh, can push uh, mm. for uh, cartoonists, yeah, yeah. and they have. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, he's the. He's Does he the look for like tone? Like, is he like thinking, "Oh, this page is going to have this on it, so the cartoon should be like this"? Or does he just no, go no? I don't think by, I don't think that's the case. Purely at all. by like, I like this one. Yeah, this this person draws like it's a, a block. Print. This is a New Yorker cartoon. This isn't a New Yorker cartoon. Yeah, yeah, Colin Stokes. Uh, is in the documentary. He was one of the editors that okay. we would run our stuff uh, by, and I'm trying. What's to... it called again? Sorry. What's that? The show. This documentary. Yeah, slightly, uh, <laughs> slightly silly something. Okay. Yeah, em- Emma Allen is the uh, New Yorker cartoon editor. She was the one who brought Pia into the mix, and then I got brought into the mix. Okay. After that, yeah, well, let me look up uh, New Yorker documentary. And it'll go, oh, New Yorker did a whole bunch of documentaries. It's yes. like, I know, <laughs> but I don't need that information. Documentaries, maybe what you should put in there. Yeah. One read, of the things, oh, like, there was two places I wanted to bring you in the world. One was the street that has all of the uh, Tintin stores yes. on it. And I have done that. <laughs> Unfortunately, on a sad day, but I did it. Now, the, well, now, now what I want to... Certainly, um, it certainly made the sad day better. Okay, I'm glad to hear that much. Uh, but what I want to do now is uh, take you to the New Yorker offices. I think you would like that. <laughs> of course, I would like that. Yeah, seeing Who the original, seeing the original art on the wall uh, was uh, just blew me away. Hmm. Okay, uh, so what is it called? Uh, it's called a thing. I'll find. Oh, very semi-serious. Okay, that okay. was what it was called, and it's worth it's worth a watch. Very 2015. semi-serious. Okay. Yep. Sounds better if you say it in a Canadian way. 
Oh, very uh, semi-serious. No, very semi-serious. Oh, very semi-serious. Yeah. Oh, freaking right. Because the very and the semi go together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a point made, point made. <laughs> You've won this round, my friend. Let's call it a tie, which is a Canadian first place. A tie? A tie is a Canadian first place. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. You don't want to win. Well, that's a real you, hoser movie. Yeah, well, you're right. Like hockey games used to have used to end in ties before the Americans took over hockey. Oh, jeez. Now they insist on there being a Well, enjoy win. your win then. Yeah, even if it's like a completely fake win because you only had three players playing on a, on each side and a a thing that's sort of like hockey but isn't and then and then if that doesn't work out then you have like a completely bogus uh, you know, shootout. Well, it wasn't Blah. for uh, fake wins. Their trophy shelves kind of bare, eh? Looking a little empty. <laughs> well, eventually someone wins. Oh, a couple of wins, eh? Because oh, in yeah. because in playoff hockey, sure, you play until someone wins. That's right, or someone dies. Well, sudden death, yeah. Sudden death. That's right. Yeah. And then what they, they take, do is they keep take, heat, <laughs> heating up the ice, heating up the ice until it's all water. Oh. And then the first person who drowns, that's the end of the game. Is that how you think? You think what, what ice is that thick at a in a hockey arena? Well, it depends. If you got the money to spend, it's. it's you like, ever been to the Shark Tank? It's like less than it's like less than a half an inch thick. The ice they're skating on. Hey. Yeah. yeah, half an inch. What do we don't have millimeters? <laughs> okay, oh. I was trying to make it. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I know I'm right. I'm sorry. Well, I let's call it a about, tie, and about, that's a Canadian win. About ten millimeters of, of of ice. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate. it. I was watching them make ice one time on a show. Cubic centimeter. That's a gram. <laughs> gram of water. <laughs> okay, and I was uh, I was amazed because I, I always thought it was very very thick. Yeah, but it's not. It's very because it's just on cement, and then they put the ice down on it, and it's very thin right hardly any and you're just like oh i guess i don't need that much well that's why like all the fights that begin in uh hockey games is like hey buddy you're on thin ice it's like, <laughs> i know no you don't understand what i'm saying no i get it it's very thin it's only t- 10 millimeters and like what are you talking about i'm american i don't understand what you're saying <laughs> yes and so on and so forth sure yeah i was yeah it's just surprising to me to discover that it's not I just thought it was like a foot deep of ice, which makes no sense, really. Like, why? Why does it need to be a foot deep? Well, because you're thinking of, like, if you were going to skate on a lake. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you don't, like, how how much ice is on that lake? That's about uh, 10 uh, millimeters. Oh, okay, I'm going to go for a nice skate now. (laughs) And dead. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Keeping it in centimeters, like, where am I? brother-in-law has this cabin like in the wintertime the lake freezes over and it's it's like 24 to 30 centimeters thick mm. like you can drive vehicles on it it's crazy especially if you are used to going there in the summertime and then suddenly you're like walking where you normally are in a boat you're sort of walking around like this point where you're usually in a boat going around this point and you're just kind of like wow this is interesting <laughs> i have this weird view of this whole place i'm just walking along that's cool it is kind of cool and people have like their ice holes like their fishing holes dug in the ice yeah and- bunch of ice holes <laughs> and so people, people make rinks they'll make like skating rinks because yeah. you can't just skate on the lake you have to make a, a make an ice rink because the lake is too rough did you ever have uh, a rink in your backyard or anything like that no it, i mean we would go skate at we would go skate at the lake we would go skate sure. at coma lake and coquitlam or at deer lake park and burnaby were two popular places to skate when i was growing up yep and Deer Lake, sorry, I'm emptying Skittles on the you table. You are emptying Skittles. Um, Deer Lake uh, doesn't freeze over anymore, does it? Or does it? I It did a little while ago, a couple of years ago. It actually, Trout Lake even freed, froze over really? a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. People wow. were skating there. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, it's not too common anymore because the urban heat bubble has, you know, grown to encompass not just 
mm-hmm. Vancouver, but now it's everywhere. Like even out where I live, you know, we're affected by the by the sprawl, urban sprawl has changed the weather. We're still colder. Like in Aldergrove, it'll be colder in Aldergrove than it would be here just because there's less heat generated by, by buildings and stuff like that. But not still still too too warm to, to, to... Well, I don't know, maybe. We used to have a rink in our backyard that was like just one of these kind of K-tail things. Sure. Where you just like threw out this plastic and mm-hmm. hosed it down. Yeah. I look back But it on had this... like a rim to it so the yeah. water would be trapped, yeah. And, you know, I look back on it and uh, even going, how tall was I? How was I? I was a little kid. <laughs> but, like, it looks like the yard was way too small for this to mm. have worked. But apparently it did. And that's what we did. And yeah. then down at the park, down the end of the street, of course, yeah, there was a big rink that, you know, would form and hose it down. And uh, everyone's skating at the rink, playing hockey and some figure skating. And, yeah. you know, God help the kid who's uh, the boy who's trying to figure skate. Because <laughs> you're like a regular ballerina is what you are. And this is a bad time for that. <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah i took i took figure skating lessons when i was a kid for ice skating did you yeah yeah you could do power skating which is what was supposed to lead into hockey because you're learning like how to push off and get lots of lots of speed you know with your big thick legs right but i wasn't really built i wasn't built for hockey you were no elvis stoico i was no 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 i was uh, no i mean i was no i was not built for hockey Oh, I like, I didn't have hockey legs. Like, you need to have really thick, muscular legs to be a so hockey player. So you were an Elvis Stoico. I was more of an Elvis Stoico. So, so my Only mom made... three people in history have been named Elvis. It's weird. Elvis Stoico, Elvis Costello, and Elvis Presley. Those are the only Elvises. And one of them was a pseudonym, or a new nom de tune. Interesting. So they only got it when they died? Nom de tune? Oh, I thought you said nom de tune. No, nom de tune. Okay. Yeah. Instead of nom de plume, nom that de tune. That sounds like a Crypt Keeper joke. Okay. A nom de tune! <laughs> <laughs> it does I, yeah. me and the crypt keeper are like this uh you see why close. he was kicked out of hell the crypt keeper <laughs> he's just too he was too I was like oh too like, irreverent get him out of here he's too irreverent too having too much fun yeah stop it quit it this is hell mm-hmm. serious business down here we're doing something uh we're trying to help people up above get power um, and we're not going to give it to him I fixed the devil's car <laughs> I imped his ride alright get out of here <laughs> Out you go. We're done. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I took I took figure skating lessons because I didn't want to power skate. It was boring. It was really boring. It was just like going fast in circles or, or down a straight mm-hmm. line. And it was so dull. So I, I my mom put me into figure skating because she was a big fan of skating. And so she wanted us to skate. And I can still skate pretty well. But uh, I haven't skated for a while. I should I should say... I used to be able to skate pretty well. It's been a while since I put on the old skates. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm, my bones are mostly made of chalk, I don't know if I mm-hmm. feel quite the confidence of yeah. jumping on the ice and uh, and uh, skating like I used to. Doing lots of backwards loops and stuff like that. Yeah. I should, we should go skating. I should talk to Lisa about that. You should. Let's go ice skating. Yeah. Why not? Seems like it'd be a fun thing. Why not? I used to go out with someone who was a skating instructor. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was—that was the most I ever skated. Yeah, yeah. And I did not skate well, mm. but there was kissing at the end, so it was a good motivation. <laughs> but I, there would be a lot of time where I'd be like uh, just standing and just watching her do like amazing things in the yeah. center of the the yeah. rink while people go ooh, and I was like, yeah, it's very impressive. I'll just be standing here. It's hmm. weird to think of, but you're. I, I when I was in junior high school, my, I had a friend who went to a different school than me. We we were went to elementary school together. Then he moved away and then moved back to a different and lived in a different neighborhood in Delta. I lived in Sunshine Helms. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. Went to Seascum, but anyway, 
he um, would often put together double dates with girls from from Seascom with me involved in it. But we'd often go to the ice rink. Mm. I'm just, it seems weird to me now. That was like a thing that we would do. Like, let's all go ice skating together. Come on, kids. That's a smart date. Why? Because at some point you're probably going to be like holding each other. Because you're going, oh, I'm a little wobbly. Oh, grab. Oh, okay. There we go. Mm-hmm. And now we're snuggling. And now, uh, oh, we're cold. I'm kind of cold. Kind of cold, Aren't yeah. you cold? Yeah, well, we better like these snuggle are all, up for warmth. These are all hints I wouldn't have taken. But yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good hints. I'll get I, you a hot chocolate. Okay, there you go. I oh, you got some on here. <laughs> I wish, wish, I could, wish I could do that kind of stuff. But apparently, apparently it's not unusual, though. So I feel better about myself as the non-picker-upper of any sort of hints or... It's things. not unusual, you're saying? It's not unusual for me for men to miss uh, signals. Well, that's what Tom Jones told us. It's not unusual, yeah. To be loved by anyone. But I guess he meant that to be loved by anyone and not know it. Right. In the song. It's not unusual to yeah, be loved no by anyone. Yeah, no girls liked him. I have no he, idea. He did not... Well, they liked him, but he never picked up on but the But he signal. didn't know. He, they're throwing no, people, underwear. Yeah. yeah. He was like, he thought, I wonder what this means. I guess he thought, I guess they need their laundry done. I guess you should wash things. He would get send them to the hotel laundry, get them yeah. washed, and have them delivered back to the theater. Yeah. He was quite a, quite a nice guy. And then someone would be like naked in his hotel room and mm. go, oh, uh, maybe your laundry's done. Yeah. I'll go check. Because clearly they need laundry because sure, they're sure. naked. Also, weirdly, Tom Jones married for like 40, 50 years. Mm. The same lady. So I don't know if she was like a most forgiving woman in the world <laughs> or if he just all show. Yeah. But true heart. Um, yeah. No, I was... I was uh, and this brings me to another thing. So um, Eve was telling me that this waitress at a, a pub in Chilliwack she goes to really likes her. Okay. And I said, I said, like, she goes, oh, yeah, she's dropping. She's always flirting with me when I go there. And she'll, like, she'll she'll say, oh, what do you want? And then she'll say, no, no, I'll get you something. I'll make something for you. And she'll make something fancy for Eve. And I said, oh, that's, uh, <laughs> I said, how can you, that's, I said, how do you know? Like, how? she goes, I can always tell when girls are hitting on me, but I can never tell when guys are hitting on me. Mm. And I said, oh, okay. I said, I said, I guess guys are also bad at not only picking up signals, but also like dropping down like a signal that they're interested. So I don't, I don't know. I know I'm just terrible at all of it. So I, I have no idea like what the rest of the population's doing. Apparently, we're we're managing because we're are, still we're still a species that's continuing you, to grow. Is this uh, just uh, color blindness in this one category, or like, do you know when someone's mad at you? No. Okay. Do you know when it's time to leave a party? Definitely not. Okay then. All right. Terrible at that. All right. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Usually the last person to go. Okay. Uh, but I'll help clean up. I'm trying to think of like other other situations where, yeah. uh, you know, uh, there's social cues mm. or there's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not good at that. Well, yeah, maybe that's uh, maybe that's good. Maybe you get more done. <laughs> I guess. I guess yeah. that was something I was talking to my therapist about. Was like how you know uh, it's only kind of recently that I've kind of started working on empathy. And before then, you know, I really would not have it. Like, I'd listen to things people said, but it wouldn't be that empathetic. Mm. And, uh, man, you get a lot done. You don't care about <laughs> people, people and stuff. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, boy. You're just listening to them and tell you, like, a long story about some unfortunate thing that happened to them. But in your head, you're, like, working on your own story. You're like, oh, how can I fix that problem with the third act of that? Yeah. 
Maybe if I yeah. So you're listening. You're listening to them, and like this, you are listening this would make to them. A good sketch, actually. and you're responding. Yeah, you're responding to them, <laughs> but you're gonna like you know ditch it when you know you leave. Yeah, you're not gonna let it wander in your head and just go. I wonder if I can help them in any way. Boy, they seem to be having a rough time. Yeah, that's the thing. You know what they they need? Oh, you know what they probably get along with this other friend of mine. I should uh, do something where we all meet each other. Nah, just like yeah. Well, gotta get that thing done tonight. Here's action. Now let me do the action that will get me that thing done. Yeah. And there we go. Done. Huh. Yeah. Meh. I mean, you don't feel satisfied when it's done, though. Because, you know, you will then think of, you know, the other things that need to be done. There's a part part of the empathy is also, uh, I, this is me. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. Okay. Uh, is having almost like empathy for yourself. So you never cut yourself a break either. Yeah. So you get a lot of stuff done, but you never sit back and go like, Good for me. <laughs> I did enough today. Yeah. This was this was good. Good okay. for good for me. Yeah. You get you get the things done, and then you go like, oh, but you know what else I got to do? Sure. Is this? So I'm not going to be satisfied with those things I did do yeah. and enjoy them. I'm just on to the next thing because I'm also not empathetic to myself. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm trying to do a bit more of that and just go. Hey, good for you. That was enough. You did a podcast today. You talked for like you know two and a half hours. Yeah. You know, and some, you. and some people in Scotland enjoyed it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah. You should be proud of. You should be proud of that. My niece and nephew came over for dinner uh, on the weekend, and they had a really nice time. It was a really really nice night. And I had to like afterwards kind of go, hey, that was a really nice night. Let's just sit with that for a while. But that was a really good evening, and we all had a good time. And was it was very bonding and fun, and we played some games, and yeah, just had a good time. Let's not think of like, oh, but we could have also, or yeah, but I also wanted to do this, or we never talked about this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just you know, let yourself enjoy what just happened because it was a nice, uh, it was a nice night. So it was, it, it was a nice. I mean, it was a it's very a nice, nice night. Obviously, yes. it's a nice night here. Yeah, the kids, the kids. It's love not you. obvious. Sometimes you can have uh, awkward nights with family. Sure, that has happened. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I like, mostly I like... if you're having awkward night with family, it's usually it's older people. That are creating the awkwardness well, that you he, are experiencing. My nephew is 22. My niece just turned 18. So yeah. there is that kind of feeling of tick, 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 tick. <laughs> they're, you know, adults. They're not kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not kid kids. They're still kids. Yeah. But they're not kid kids. So, you know, it's like, well, you know, maybe it's not that fun to hang with your aunts and uncle. Uh, and you That's know, how they feel. And yeah, but as soon as they were over, you know, we yeah. kind of fell into old that's rhythms and, care, and cared about what each other was saying it was it was nice like one of the first things like i was making like a, a chicken dinner and uh i could tell that my nephew wanted to taste the meal and just and mm. i was like oh yeah yeah he likes tasting things and then i asked him his opinion on that and then he's part of the meal it's like yeah this is great but i know like in other family situations when that occurs of just like you know all right everyone out of the kitchen get out of the kitchen we don't want I'm busy making the food, and you sit, and then you be served. Yeah. And that's like a family thing. And that's, in many family situations I've been in, that's what it's been like. It was like, you're bothering me. Get out of the kitchen. I'm mm. like, no, come into the fucking kitchen. You want to cut something? Cut something. You want to chop something? Here, taste this. Tell me what you think. Okay, let's add that spice you think is good. Okay, now we're all part of it. This is all part of the the fun of us being together. Hmm. But, you know, there's some people that like a real structured environment. Sure. Yeah. Did you see uh, the the most recent season of The Bear? I did not. Okay. There's a there's a character who's like making stuff in the kitchen who keeps complaining that they're not getting help, but anytime someone tries to help, they're like, "Get out of my kitchen." <laughs> you know, and I was like, "Oh boy, I know this this dynamic." <laughs> that is a true that is a dynamic, you're right. Yeah. That is a dynamic. Hmm. 
And it was also fun because there was this uh, there's this game that I've wanted my niece to play for a long time. Uh, that's uh, Astrobot uh, Rescue. Okay. And it's a little uh, little little robot that uh, you know tries to rescue their friends, and it's in VR. And uh, I thought I think she'll like it, but it's but it's tough because it's new. Yeah. And it's tough to introduce a new thing to people sometimes, and she just loved it. Mm. She just went nuts for it. And then my nephew, who was like, give me the hardest level. I'm like, oh, you you fool. <laughs> okay. So gave him a nice level that was like really difficult. Yeah. And he kept screwing up. And it was great because yeah. we were all like in good natured fun. Yeah, of course. You know, just going, you're ruining her birthday. <laughs> you're ruining her birthday. Do it. Stop jumping into fire. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. Sure. That is, a lot of, lot of laughs, a lot of just goofing around, a yeah. lot of like just catching up on each other. It's nice when, you know, you love your family and your family loves you. It's, mm. uh, that's a damn good feeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, my nephew is in his early 30s. He's just graduating. He's just getting his master's in psychology. He's going through right now doing a practicum in counseling. And uh, But I know he was over on Monday night for dinner for, for Lisa's birthday. And I know that if I ever, like, texted him and said, Hey, do you want to go to the Rio and see blah, blah, blah movie? He'd be like, oh, yeah. Actually, we were talking about yeah. when he was over, we were talking about going to see Suspiria at uh, the Rio. Because I don't remember when um, they used to have those horror nights yeah. hosted by that kind of drunk lady. Oh, okay. Because sometimes Gerald, Gerald, Geraldson would. Uh, he would also be there. Yeah. Yep. He'd do like a set. He'd do a set there. But there was a drunk lady. Remember there was the, the MC? Oh, could be. Maybe. I can't remember her name now. All right. Should make a big now that you've called her the drunk lady, I am. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to name I'm her any names. Yeah, because yes. I work there. <laughs> I don't think she's there anymore. I think okay. I think there was kind of a general house cleaning of a, a lot of the kind of more okay. out, out there Someone people. Someone threw a whiskey bottle into the alley and she went and they locked the door. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she uh, she always make a big fuss about Sam Hain rather than Halloween. And you're just like, oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. One of those people. Yeah. You're like, oh, we get it. Unless you're a real Ghostbusters fan, I'm against that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, we used to go see um, uh, horror movies uh, on Friday nights, late night. Uh, it's a movies. good theater for seeing horror movies. Uh, it's got an old timey vibe, and that's mm-hmm. nice. And the audience can be fun. It, it, we went, Mary and I went and saw Mandy there, which stars Nicolas Cage, and that's always a bad. And I also saw um, the Color Out of Space there as well, which also stars Nicolas Cage. And both both times, I wanted to see the film because I was truly interested in seeing yeah. the film. But it seemed like a lot of people were there to roast Nicolas Cage. Mm. It's like, you know what, guys? You're not getting paid for this, and I don't want to listen to it. I paid to watch a movie, not to hear your hilarious takes on Nick, Nicolas Cage. Not that not that they're not original, you know. Not that I haven't heard them a million times before. But uh, So I was watching, I was watching, and also when I went and saw Mandy with Mary, it was when, when we were doing, I think we were doing the first Sparks book. Oh, okay. One of the Sparks books. And so I was pretty exhausted when I went, we went to see it. So and it's based on the Barry Manilow song. That's right. Yes. And I kind of fell asleep near the beginning of the movie and then I kind of dropped off to sleep, which is fine because the movie is like so out there that it really, it might actually be Matt fit into my psych horror. I was, mm. I was going to, I was watching a little, like I say, I was watching a little bit of it the other, the other night, but I also fell asleep while I was watching it. So I didn't help myself in terms of my research <laughs> into the film. So I have to start again and watch, and watch it through. So, but then Lisa came home and she does not like horror movies. So I had to turn it off because uh, she's not into that. Have you seen uh, Murder in Venice? I have not. Okay, it's on Disney Plus now. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Which I didn't want to see it when it was in theaters just because I wasn't in the mood 
for jump scares. Mm. I was like, ah, no, jump scares. And it's it does have some jump scares. Yeah. Uh, but you know, still, I I enjoy an Agatha Christie thingamajig. Yeah. You know, it's fun. And Tina Fey actually does quite a good job in it. I heard like, that. Yeah. You're like, oh, all right. Mary wanted to see it in the theater because uh, it was playing out in Chilliwack at the at the budget theater there. But but she's very busy right now with her with her because she's doing her final practicum for her teaching program. Cool. So I didn't want. So she's been very busy planning, doing her course planning and sure. stuff like that, and, and getting stuff ready. But she's doing very well. Oh, I'm really glad. To hear doing that. really well. She Good. was talking the other day when we went out for dinner on Sunday. She was telling us that she, um, telling us that was, she had just had a midterm, basically like a midterm, which is both the teacher, the classroom teacher, who's you know her kind of watching, like judge, you know, making marks over her performance. And then also the the person from the university they got together and then Mary had to like go through them criticizing her and, and praising her and basically it was almost all praise so she said it's really hard to sit there while people are just praising you <laughs> and she says I, where do you look when people are praising you you know like look at the ground you look at the ceiling do you look out the window oh yeah that's so <laughs> so but it sounds like she's doing really well so I'm, I'm glad about that so I think she's uh, really happy with what she, where she is. But she's also really busy, so it's hard to get her to do things. Because she's working on weekends, and then she's teaching. Uh, I've got, I, sorry, I'm writing to... Uh, there was For some reason, there was like a, a, an hour-long delay on the pizza that I ordered upstairs for the uh, from for my wife and my sister-in-law. Oh. All right. Uh, dang, that stinks. Okay, there we go. Boo! Boo to that. All right. <laughs> that there. <laughs> That's too bad. But no, I am glad to hear that. And yeah, it's where do you look? Where do you look? Where do you look when people are into the person's you? soul? Stare at, yes. Uh, that was my advice. I just said, just stare at the person who's talking to you. Just keep yeah. staring at them, unblinking. That's right. Just look at them. The and then when they look you in the eye, look at their groin. And then lock, <laughs> lock eyes with the groin and just go like, you know, first person who says something. Yeah, yeah. They lose. Well, that's what I often say to people when we're talking. I say, hey, hey, my groin's down there. <laughs> so, yeah. Because it's, pro- it's proper, you know. It's where they should be. What? Do you have any more I'm problems? Just really, I'm just really mad at this, like, late pizza. <laughs> so. This is absolutely bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I set I set it up earlier uh, today. Okay. There we go. Okay. Yeah, So yeah. you said, like, a, you ordered it earlier. Before the show even started, you ordered it. You set, like, a time you wanted it delivered at. Yeah. And they're not responding to your to your. Well, it says tracking will be available Closer to your delivery time yeah. of 6 to 6.30. It yeah. is now 6.35. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what the hell, man? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm annoyed at Skip the Dishes. I'm annoyed at Pizza Pizza. It's like my, my sister-in-law uh, is uh, not, not on carbs right now. Okay. So I uh, got her a cauliflower crust pizza. And there's like one pizza place in town that has that. I see. So that's why I went that's with pizza this pizza, pizza place that is, uh, yeah, er, er, mad. <laughs> Okay, because I know everyone's hungry upstairs, and that makes me sad. And there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing you can do. Because I don't have cauliflower down here. <laughs> there's nothing I can do. No. I've got to just read letters. I'm so mad. <laughs> Time to move to letters, yes. Okay. Sure. So uh, last week on the show, we said, what was the best costume you saw this year? And do you have any uh, clothing that celebrates the past? Those okay. Those are the two questions we, we asked. And so Edward Dragansky writes, hello, sneakers and sneaker hosts. That's us. And is that is us. Huh? That's right. Contrary to what Dave believes, <laughs> I do listen to every show, even though I don't write every week. I appreciate the kind words from two weeks ago about my Charlie and uh, the weight I've been carrying lately. Thank you for that. 
Still thinking about Charlie and, uh, yeah. and you. Work is unbearably busy, but I caught up today so I could write. Now, on to those questions. Mm. Uh, scammed? Yes. I wrote about the pigeon drop I was a victim of back in 1991 on episode 569. <laughs> 69. Nice. Love it. Uh, last year. The question was, have you ever been scammed due to David getting his wallet lifted from Oh my from god, him? we've been repeating questions. Yeah, we have been. Uh, I won't copy and paste it since it's quite lengthy, but I have indeed been scammed. It's on episode 569. <laughs> nice. Uh, if you feel so inclined. <laughs> 69. <laughs> uh, if you know what an alpha fan I am of Star Wars, uh, you know what I... We do know that, yes. So the question of what film franchise was second to it resonated with me. As near and dear as Star Wars has been since 1977, I do admit it's ebbed and flowed over the years, as Louise, who wrote you know, below, <laughs> also explained. Uh, my fandom uh, for Star Wars was always been at uh, 100%, even in the years it was absent. It's my generational pop culture beacon. If you look at uh, other film franchises for the most sustainable property, you have to look at one that has been consistent and maybe even has a built-in fan base when it began. My pick would be the 007 films. That's a good, that's a good alternative. And maybe, well, no, I was going to say maybe bigger than Star Wars, just because it's been around longer. Maybe. Been around a lot longer, but I don't think it has quite the the toy reach, the the all encompassing yeah stores, you know, where you can have like sheets. They had an audience of readers going into Doctor No in 1962 mm -hmm. and found the magic formula to keep the 007 franchise going on film by recasting James Bond whenever they needed to. The 007 audience is strong, affluent, and when a new film is released, they go all out. The merchandising is over the top, and they roll out those films on a global level to this day. I also thought a close second might be Lord of the Rings, uh, the Lord of the Rings franchise, for almost the same reasons. But 007 has sustained an audience over 60 years, and there's no other film franchise that delivers around the world like 007. Good call. Back to Avatar for a moment. <laughs> Avatar. I saw a box office growth chart for the DC films since Snyder's involvement, and it puts Aquaman as the top earner. Very high above all the others. I had no idea Aquaman had done so well. The article explained that Aquaman connected uh, heavily with the overseas market in China and Japan because they love films that honor family. The father of the family uh, and they enjoy films that take place in the sea or in the water. This would explain a great deal of why Avatar was number one for so many years. Uh, perhaps it was the overseas market. I asked two online friends about this. One lives in Taiwan, the other in China. Both said that the films that have water action or any forms of kaiju like Godzilla, Pacific Rim, or the Transformers score really big in their countries. And yes, Avatar as well. I asked about Star Wars, and both admitted they hadn't watched Star Wars films in years. It's run its course for many over there. So maybe that's a huge clue why some of these films score so high elsewhere and only okay here. Yeah. It's a big world, man, and most of it is water. <laughs> I want to know how Waterworld did over there now. Uh, it's interesting because I was looking at some uh, post on Instagram from Margot Motin, the uh, the French uh, illustrator, cartoonist, and she was drawing herself in various costumes, and one of them was Avatar. Oh, and that made me sort of also say the same thing. It was kind of like I wonder if it has more reach outside of North America. Maybe like people people uh, connect to it differently than we do. Well, we're kind of like ugh, James Cameron. And they're like, oh, I love this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have that cult, that same cultural thing where, like, oh, it's directed by a guy who spends all his time underwater. Yeah. You know? 
Interesting. Uh, I'm exhausted, but I'm happy I grabbed some time to write. Halloween was lame here, but cold. In the 30s at night, and half the office was sick, so we didn't do much. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. However, our local MLB team, Major League Baseball, I get it. The Texas (laughs) Rangers just won the World Series for the first time ever. I'm not a huge fan, but there are lots of Texans who are very happy tonight. Yeah. This was only after they beat our state's only other team, the Houston Astros, out of the American League pennant. So quite a battle in the Lone Star State has been going on to get to this championship. I'm out. All you sneakers out there, enjoy your November and one another. Then our good pal Louise, who we're seeing tomorrow. We are seeing We're going to see tomorrow and play poker with. Um, Louise writes, The best costume I saw at our door was a toddler dressed as a sloth. Their dad was carrying them in their arms and the kid was clinging to his side in a very cute sloth-like fashion. That's great. I saw another great costume on the Saturday afternoon before Halloween. I was in an Uber stuck in gridlock downtown. Someone in a full Mandalorian costume went zipping past us in the bike lane, riding one of those electric mono wheelie things. <laughs> he looked like he was gliding on air. It was pretty cool. Well, that is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Amazing. Nice. Well, hey, we've got an email as well to read. Love so an email. Let me close that picture us. of Margot Matan as a character from Avatar and find this email. Hey, it's from Peter Ayers. And its subject is episode 621. And Peter writes, Hey there, David and Ian. Hope you both had a spine-chilling Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I only managed to watch a single scary movie this October. Mm -hmm. The low-budget, lockdown, found zoomage movie, Host. Oh, okay. I have not... I don't know this movie. Korean movie. Oh, no, no. That's The the Host. My apologies. Yes, that's different. The... What is his name? Well, let me recommend Bong, the Bong host. Bong Joon-ho, I think. That's okay. right. This is this host. It suffers a bit from overhype. There are a few too many jump scares. And, as with all found footage films, it requires a hefty suspension of disbelief. <laughs> but these things aside, it's a beautifully assembled roller coaster with a dental beginning, a believably human cast, and a bunch of surprising ideas that make good use of the premise. Best of all, it's short. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I'll have to look for it. For our family costume this Halloween, we went for a topical theme with berets, striped shirts, and homemade cardboard insect backs. That's right. Mm. We were bedbugs from Paris. (laughs) We got some great reactions trick-or-treating. After the customary demanding and receiving of sweets, our boy stuck plastic cockroaches on his victim's doors by way of exchange. (laughs) That's great. Wealthier streets in our neighborhood were awash with migratory trick-or-treaters. They were either earnest parents photographing their kids in action or groups of teenagers looking at their phones whilst a single designated dresser-upper went door-to-door. I was bemoaning the lack of effort to my partner when we passed another such group, only this time one kid was lugging a full-sized homemade cardboard dialect down the street. (laughs) The thing was serious with sink plunger arm, egg whisk zapper, washing up bowl dome, angled sides, bobbly bits, and a voice box as the cherry on the cake. The whole thing was ridiculously cumbersome, and that lad has my undying respect, (laughs) as do his friends for sticking by him as he crept along. Do I have any clothing that celebrates the past? Hmm, not quite the thing you meant, but I do have a ton of vintage clothes, particularly decorative neckties of the 40s and 50s, where today's tie patterns simply repeat to infinity. In the swing era, gorgeous decorative patterns were designed specifically to work with the shape of the tie. 
I have a series of beautiful novelty print ties depicting scenes from stories such as The Arabian Nights, Rip Van Winkle, and more. One day I need to lay my ties out on the floor to see if their combined wedge shapes can fill a full 360 degrees. It's possible to connect back, sorry, to connect ties back to Halloween. The swingiest tie in horror is that sported by Leatherface, a sporty number with a calligraphic flourish in deep blue and white. Groovy. Looking forward to hearing how you've entertained yourselves this Halloween, Peter. Well, not much. Not as much as you, Peter, but you have a young, you have a young kid to, 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 to take around. So and you didn't have a fun. birthday week. You didn't have a you birthday have week they were, they were recovering from. But you know what? I, besides the fact that there are more kids in our neighborhood this year, which was great. Not just kids in our, in our neighborhood, but kids coming into our neighborhood, which is so fantastic. Uh, what also was great was there were way more fireworks this year. Mm. Like a super amount of fireworks uh, from like all different angles, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I was standing out on my my steps, watch watching the fireworks. And w- what was made it best of all was there <laughs> there was a thing from the township of Langley on Facebook uh, telling us to be careful with our fireworks and to, and to think about pets and wildlife. To which I thought, fuck you, who is developing Langley as fast as you can. To talk about wildlife, you assholes. So don't give me that bullshit. Yes, well, let's protect them from one night while some little things go pop, pop, pop in the in the evening. But it's okay to to plow over and and concrete and build houses on on all their on all their in the forests and parks here, or in the marshlands and the in the forests here in Langley. Yeah, guys, thank you for looking out for the wildlife. Really want to hear from you, pot calling the kettle black. For uh, your your thoughtful your thought your thoughtful wishes for pets and wildlife, great. I guess we can also celebrate pets who kill wildlife. So you know, <laughs> like cats, let's celebrate them as well. Let's worry about what they're doing. Yeah, it just seems like a, I don't know, it's the wrong message for the wrong people. There we go. There we are. But I did enjoy the fireworks. And did we you had see, good fireworks here? Too, and did you see the footage of that truck that got rear-ended in nope. Chilliwack? Nope. Oh my God! So there's this person. He was uh, taking a trailer load of fireworks down down to the lower mainland and he he uh, pulled over the side of the road in chilliwack to take a break and then a truck smashed into the back of his trailer causing all the fireworks to go off and it is amazing it is the most amazing footage to see it's just it's incredible oh cool i got it yeah look it up just say like look up chilliwack uh or truck Fireworks, but don't look. For, right. Don't click on the news ones. Find find the YouTube. Okay. Because um, the driver himself took footage of it I and posted will, uh, it to YouTube immediately after this. Is yeah, done, yeah, yeah. You got to see it. It's crazy. It's just the most amazing firework display. Here, I wish I was there. Here is my uh, post-Halloween uh, question for you. Sure. What What are the last uh, Halloween uh, uh, treats to be eaten? What's the bottom of the bag? Oh, can You've I? Eaten can all I answer the good? this? Now you're getting to the last, and we'll, we'll accept a couple of different ones, you know. Because we'll talk about it next week. I'll, I'll answer this next week. Yeah. So there we go. I've got, I've got one. Please. This is actually from Lisa. All right. Lisa wrote. It's her birthday week. It is her birthday week, and she can cry if she wants to. Oh wait, that's party. Anyway, show questions. I wrote, I wrote this down on my, my my list app. Lisa asked, "Have you ever Googled your name?" And the second question to that is, "What did they do?" So did you ever look up someone else with your name? Okay. And what did that person do? Okay. For me, fisherman. Okay. There's a fisherman in, in England who has done some fishing records. And okay. of course, there's a character in the Thor movie, okay. which is annoying. There Thor is, Dark World. For whatever reason, I seem to attract 
uh, or David Dedrick seem to be doctors. I guess they, there's not enough just to have the alliteration. Dr. David Dedrick. Dr. David Dedrick. There's not enough just to have the David Dedrick. They have to make it even more more difficult by having, having Dr. David Dedrick. Difficult doctor. One is in Portland, Oregon. He's a sleep doctor. Okay. And the other is a surgeon who lives uh, somewhere like in Wisconsin or Minnesota. Neat. I've never done it myself. Lisa, look, look this person up. Has Lisa looked up her name and has even got it? That's a good question. Because she's got an unusual name. Lisa, answer that question. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know if there is has another she Lisa. Ever met another Lisa with the name spelled the same way. Yeah, no. The closest would would have been Lisa Gibbons from uh, Entertainment Tonight because she was an L E L E E Z A, I think was right. how she spelled her name. Yeah. But Lisa's is literally Hazel spelled backwards. Yeah. It's L E Z A H. Because she's the anti witch. She's the anti witch. She her her mum did not want to name her after her great aunt Hazel, who really wanted. Least to be named after her. So, um, okay. So w- when it came time, her mom flipped the name around and made Lisa. Yeah. Because that was the t- age of Lisa's. Lisa's and Debbie's. She was, she was obsessed with the idea. Some people might call her a hazel nut. <laughs> she didn't like the name when she was younger, but I think she really appreciates its, its origi- yeah. originalness now. It's but I think a, as a kid. It's got a Z in it. That's cool. As a shy kid, I think it was a bit of too much of an attention grabber. She's a good uh, Scrabble word. She's a good. If you could use proper names as a Scrabble word, yes. Yeah. If you're playing that. If you're playing proper name Scrabble, she's got to do something that is famous enough that yeah. her name yeah. becomes a proper word mm. for something. Yeah. Maybe a style of teaching. Maybe a style sure. of uh, type of horse. Mm. Uh, you know. Yeah. So that's what we need. We need to get famous enough that your name can be used as a Scrabble word. Well, she's pretty famous in horse circles in Canada. Yep. In particularly pony club circles. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. How do people, if people want to answer these questions, these yep. fabulous questions that have been asked by, not by me, yep. these fabulous questions, how would they go about doing that? Uh, just dream it. <laughs> dream it, man. And we'll pick, pick dream up warriors, on Dream warriors. Dream warriors. Dream warriors. Maybe tonight you'll be gone. Um, yeah, things didn't work out for the dream warriors. <laughs> not at all. No. The one who got stuck in the Roach Motel, that was the, oh, that was crazy. So harsh. Harsh. I know. You know, I, I'm just trying to remember. Like that, that actress never got to play like a like a, a nice, roach again. Well, no, a nice person. She was always like a biatch in the movies she's in. She's also in uh, Jerry Maguire. She's the girl, his girlfriend, who breaks up with him when when he loses all his clients. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when Freddy Krueger started to acknowledge that we were watching him. Because there was a certain mm. point where, like, he all of a sudden he started to Deadpool. I think that like, was what was it? Around. Just like would just turn to us and like, yeah. uh, they check in, but they don't check out. <laughs> and it's just like, you leave me out of this. I'm not on your side. Don't be, don't be you, bringing me into this well, mix. We were kind of on his side. We were watching him murder people with. Some, I know, and like, like oh, well, I feel, I feel bad about this. You know, it's just like, does he know he's in a movie? Who's he talking to? That's a fun film. That's where they really kind of. Yeah, got the idea like, oh, we can make dreams like horrible dream death. It was close to comic booky type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's you know? fun. I saw the the. Fourth, you took me to see it. The first one I saw was the fourth one. It was the fourth one was the first one I saw, and somehow, uh, yeah, the third Dream Warriors one, is third, isn't it? Yeah, but it was playing. But like, we saw that in the theater together. We did, but it was in some sort of retro situation. Oh, was it? Like it wasn't the the fourth one was the one that I saw. I saw it in um, in Montreal. I okay. never, and I was just like so bored, <laughs> and like I, I was worried it was going to be in French. Hmm. And I think I was in a theater where it's showing in French. I'm like fuck, but it was like playing in the theater next door in English. I'm like ah, oh, okay. So I went over and watched it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of superhero-y because I didn't know who these characters were, yeah, yeah. or whatever. And then I was like, yeah, I should watch this. And then I think yeah, they were having like a retro night where they were playing a couple of different ones. Yeah, and I went like Dave will like the third one. Okay, the second one is basically. 
It's got some weird homoerotic vibes of just like, and kind of homophobic. It's weird. Okay. Uh, you know, you can I'm not take seeing it, the second one. You can yeah, take it as a positive. Yeah. You can take it as a negative. Uh, it doesn't really fit in the structure. The first mm. one is chaos, but but well done. Yeah. And then it becomes you know very structured. Mm. Um, what the hell am I talking about? I'm talking about how we uh, get people to write to us. How do we get people to write to us? Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Um, are you asking me if Freddy's Nightmares was in continuity the TV series? I don't think it was. You By the way, here's how you fix uh, the Freddy Krueger origin story. Tell me right now. And then I'll tell you the other thing. Um, so when the parents come yes. to like kill Freddy. They do. Yeah. You don't corner him and then like throw a bunch of stuff on him and set him on fire. Yeah. You wait till he's sleeping yeah. and you burn him in his bed. Okay. So he dies in his yeah. bed while he's sleeping yeah. and he's in the dream world. Okay. And that's why he gets your kids while they're sleeping because that's how you got him. I see. And that's fair. Yeah. Instead of just a random, hey, this guy's a real creep. We're setting him on fire. Then I'm coming in the dreams. Why? Yeah. What's that got to do with anything? Sure. Makes no sense at all. Yeah. Uh, so Besides yeah. revenge. Yeah, revenge. But like, well, how'd you get dream powers? But, you know, by the old EC Comics laws, <laughs> if you kill someone in a certain way, okay. then they have the abilities of that thing. Or sure, they'll come back as that, yeah. And yeah, get, they'll and come get back. You. you kill someone in the bakery and you put them in the oven, they come back as a cake that like, <laughs> you know, yes, kills you. Um, so here's, here's what you do you go to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That is our email, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Have you heard of Facebook? It's still around. We got a page on there. Want to go there and uh, write us a little note. If you like Tumblr, then really? Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're at sneakydragon.tumblr.com. We are on X. X. Formerly known as Twitter. Used to be Twitter. Yeah, you can call it Twitter if you want. We don't care. Uh, we're at uh, sneaky underscore dragon there. And we got our own webpage. We're... Big shots with their own web page, sneakydragon.com. It's true. Big That's shots. That's right. We got that name. It's pretty good. Pretty good name. That's got all of our episodes of all of our shows, including the one you just listened to. And after every one of them or below every one of them is a message board and you can post something there. Mm. And uh, you also have access to every show that we've ever done. So uh, give those a listen and uh, we'll see uh, We'll see on the, the web. That's what we'll do. My... Uh the youngest guy at work, the youngest guy I work with, he uh, he gave our website, uh, or we gave the the, the website uh, about a, maybe a C minus a D for okay for quality. I said that's kind of harsh. I, I you know I worked really hard on that for two hours twelve years ago. But anyway, right, you know what's it supposed to do? Well, really, it's not. It's just like a house for our podcast. It's got some delightful art. It's got on a, there. It's a podcast house. Yeah, it's a podcast house. It's got some good discussions. Mm-hmm. It's got a whole bunch of free episodes of the podcast. It does. Lots. And a of lot. lots of different topics. Your yeah. Tintins, your uh, sure. your Marx Brothers, your Beatleses. Mm-hmm. You hear there's a new uh, Beatles song? I did. It. I watched a documentary about it last night. There you are. Uh, so, so there you go. Uh, if you want to hear us talking about old Beatles songs, you can go on there. What, what, um, what should the page be? Should it have like some GeoCities like uh, <laughs> graphics, some Angel have, Fire stuff? Yeah, it should have some like... A dancing alley, uh, whatever, McBeal baby? Yeah, should have like an Abe Vigoda tracker. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So great things from the past. Uh, and then like half of the page is just ads for pornography. <laughs> it's funny though. Yesterday I was talking to him. Mom's in your area. I was talking to this young kid. Want to guilt you out. He's a young kid. He's 19. And we were talking and uh, he was asking me a question about some product. And then I was looking at the order and I went, oh. And I just said, this is a commonly mistaken item. And I said, yeah. just check and make sure this is right. And he, he says, oh, it's in, a, in the box. 
so I can't see it. And I said, oh, well, then don't worry. Don't worry about it. I just thought if you could see it, check it, but we don't have to take open it. She said, should I open the box? I said, no, 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 no. You know, you just have to trust people. And then he looked at me kind of like, who trusts anyone? <laughs> and I said, hey, if we didn't trust people, no one would drive. And, he's, and that's what he said. He goes, he goes, oh my, he goes, that's why I like coming to work. You just come up with this why shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, thought, oh. where's it? We should really call this show Why Shit. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see. All right. We'll have to. We'll have, maybe that'll be a question for next week. What's some why shit? Is there you enough know? wisdom in this show to qualify? Oh, okay. Going? No, I was just thinking if anyone's got some why shit you want to let us yeah, know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hell, feel free to like uh, let us know that anyway. Yeah. Uh, we enjoy talking uh, with each other and we enjoy hearing from you. That's and true. And even if we don't hear from you, we really appreciate you being there. Thanks so much. I uh, hope you're having a good November. Everyone stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> you. Me. You're right. Me, 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 me. You, you, uh. you, you.